Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome, welcome, welcome. World world changers tonight or today, wherever you are. I know I was just um, having a little chat here with Jason on TikTok, but uh, wherever you are in the world, be it night or day, this is going to be an awesome, awesome uh, live stream. I got, I got the... I got the floor open. I call it open mic, although it's not anybody singing, but open mic because it's, you know, the mic is available. You want to come on. Anybody wants to come on here and hang out with me, um, talk to me. Uh, if we agree, that's awesome. If we don't agree, let's talk about it. Uh, hey, I mean, let's let's be civil, right? So if if uh, doesn't matter where you stand, um, if you want to come on. On YouTube, the link is in the description on YouTube. I got a link there, and I do ask a few things there on YouTube. So unless I know you, if I know you, uh, you know, if you've been on before or if you've been on my live chat a lot, and uh, and I know who you are, then um, some of those uh, stipulations won't, won't apply. But if I don't know you, I want to make sure that uh, you're not a troll. But in the meantime, um, let everybody know. Uh, that I'm on live right now on YouTube and um, and everybody is welcome to come on uh, as long as you're half decent civil you know uh, and if you're not well don't blame me if you get to, if you get what what you deserve but usually everybody is so that's good okay see so what we got here in the chat I've been talking to a few people over here on TikTok. Okay, Calamentos. Just so you know, just so you guys know, um, right now, as of, before I get into the chat, okay, just just a second, just so you guys know what is going on behind the scenes here. As you well know, and those of you who are on TikTok and on YouTube, if you have your own channels, you probably you can relate to this. I get, you know, get there's thousands of people. With thousands of different comments, and they come on the videos, and they and they they spout off all of this nonsense, really nonsense. And I'm really tired of arguing with these people, you know, hiding behind comments. So that's why I'm saying, hey, come on, come on live, you know, and talk to me. It, even though it's not personally face to face, it's almost like face to face because it's live. So. Um, so I'm challenging everybody. Come on and talk to me. You want to ask just a couple questions? You want to you you want to come on as a guest just for five ten minutes? That's fine. No no problem. Um, do it. You know and uh, and I'll answer your questions and maybe I might have some questions for you too. Uh, but don't hide behind the comments. And so I've been challenging people in the comments. I've been saying, okay, listen, we're doing a live on Saturday, two p.m. Eastern time. If you're serious about this, stop hiding behind the comments and join me there. Just so you guys know, at this moment, in spite of the thousands of people who drop all of these ridiculous comments and and uh, nonsense, and in spite of the hundreds of people that I have challenged, at this moment, there's nobody, absolutely nobody in the back room here waiting to come on. Absolutely nobody, just so you know. Um, so if you want to talk, I want to, uh, first of all, before I get into any questions in the comments, 
or uh, comments themselves. Um, I want to make sure that everyone understands the floor is open, the mic is open, so to speak. If you know of anybody who's brave enough to come on and be civil enough with me, uh, we can have a meaningful and maybe very interesting discussion. If you like what, what I do, awesome. Join me. It's going to be awesome. If you don't like what I do, come on anyway and let me know what you don't agree with. And uh, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. All right. So on YouTube, I'll get to you. Uh, I got a question there on TikTok. I'll get to you in a moment. On YouTube, we have Kalamento says Shabbat Shalom to all. Shabbat Shalom. Good to see you. Helen says uh, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Helen, good to see you. <clears throat> Um, one John says Shabbat Shalom. Just a just a minute, you guys there on TikTok. I'll get to you in just a minute. Uh, I'm on live on YouTube as well right now, so I'm just responding to a few of these wonderful brothers and sisters over there. Mark says Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Mark. Good to see you. Welcome. No Life Gaming says hi all. Hello. Uh, no Life Gaming says with the help of God, I am sober today. First day of the rest of my life. Wow, awesome. Congratulations. God give you help with that. That's awesome. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's awesome. No life gaming. Congratulations. God help you with that. Psalm 94 says, good afternoon. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Good afternoon to you. Good good to see you. Elemental says, loving the music intro. You can um, thank Hannah for that. Actually, we have live, we had live music there on YouTube just a few minutes ago. And so Hannah was live on the, on the, on the keyboard. So awesome. The Tower Time says, hallelujah, no life gaming. Glory, honor, and praise to our Heavenly Father. Congratulations on your sobriety. I pray you bask in the presence of His Holy Spirit more and more each day. I totally agree with that. Amen to that. Amen to that. The Tower Times says, Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Bless y'all. Blessings multiplied back to you, brother. All right. Helen says, thank you and same to all. Hello. By the way, those of you who are on TikTok now, I see we have a crowd over there on TikTok. I am on YouTube right now and I have the door I have the doors wide open. I have the link in the description on YouTube for any of you. Any of you you want to join me live as a guest. You want to ask me some questions, you want to if you like what I say, if you like what I do, then come and join me anyway. I join me. Um, if you don't like what I say, if you have questions, if you want to challenge me, the doors wide open. Come on over to YouTube in in the, in the description on the video on, on YouTube, uh, there's a link and that link will get you in as a guest. Okay. So you can, you can ask me questions, do whatever you want to do. Uh, have, I mean, within reason, of course. Uh, and so, uh, half decent, but, uh, yeah, if you want to, uh, Come on, just to hang out in the background and say, amen, whatever, that's fine. If you want to come on and challenge anything that I've said, do so, do so. Um, again, for those of you on uh, TikTok, if you're interested in doing that, or if you know of anybody who's interested in doing that, or if you know of any other TikToker who would, that you would like to see come on live with me 
as a guest and challenge me, send them a message right now. Say, hey, Christopher Enoch is live on YouTube, challenging everybody to come on and be a guest with him. So do it now, do it now. Um, no Life Gaming on YouTube says, I know I can succeed. Thanks for your encouragement. Mark says, I like that acoustic song. Song sounds awesome. Again, thanks to Hannah. Trish says, Shalom all. Shalom, Trish. All right. Okay, I'm not sure if I can pronounce your screen name uh, properly there, but Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom to you as well. Good to see you. Fearfully Confident says, I invited people on uh, to your YouTube who trolled the comments, but I don't think they have the courage. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? I, saw, I think I saw a couple of your comments there on YouTube where you, where you invited people. Um, and you said, I hope I'm wrong. Me too. And thank you very much. Yeah, I've been inviting people as well that that have uh, come on as uh, come on my 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 comment section, especially on TikTok, and just uh, uh, posted all kinds of nonsense. Uh, so we have I am just Frankie over there on TikTok says Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, brother. Good to see you. Um, okay, let me see here. Jason says they don't want to talk to people that know scripture. It's crazy. Yeah, you know what it is? You know what it is? These people, they're just like cliche Christians, right? All they have is their pocket full of cliches. They just have their little handful of cliches, and that's all they know. All they want to do when they meet someone like me is just spout off all of these cliches. You know, they got like a, maybe a dozen of them that they always stick to. Boom, 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 boom. And, um, and when I challenge them, okay, come on live. Let's talk about it. They're gone. They're gone. They don't want to. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to face me. <laughs> Fearfully confident on YouTube says one guy bragged getting a PhD in theology. So I said, "Come show it off." Amen. Amen. Uh, I as I think I I have I have um, sat in on some of these schools, theological schools, and I'm telling you, the stuff that they're teaching is absolutely nonsense. Nonsense. I actually actually had somebody pay my way. And after the first day, I, I'm like, sorry, if you, <laughs> even if you pay, even if you, even if you pay for my way through this theological, this school, um, no, I, I, I can't do it because the first day it was just full of nonsense. It was full of um, political correctness. And uh, uh, I mean, without getting into too much detail, it was really just uh, pushing. Uh, it was new age as well. A lot of new. It was new age practices. They were they were trying to get everybody to do. It was just absolutely. I walked I, I literally walked out and said, no. It doesn't matter if you if you fork over thousands of dollars. I'm not going there. I'm sorry. Okay, so 
Elsha says, welcome, by the way, over there on TikTok, says, oh, God, forgive, God, forgive David, who would sin without blood in, in, in sacrifice. Yeah, totally agree with you, Elsha. That's true. God forgive the people who needs without blood sacrifice only go back to God. Yeah, totally agree with you, Elsha. Um, and this is this is a big question too as well. Uh, people, let me just, I'll, I'll just take this one question here on TikTok. I'll go over to you, excuse me, I'll go over to you on, t on YouTube. In the meantime, just so you guys know, there's nobody, absolutely nobody right now on YouTube. It's in spite of the fact that there is, uh, you know, I have a few, um, it looks like at least, uh, I'd say about 30 people watching right now, uh, but there's thousands of people and hundreds of people that I invited, thousands of comments, uh, and nobody's, nobody's actually coming on. Nobody's actually coming on. Well, they'll come in the comment section and they'll just spout off in the comment section, but they won't come on face to face with me. If you know of anybody, now's the time. Let, let them know, hey, Chris Freenock is live and he is challenging people to come on right now and either hang out with them and have a great time or, you know, or challenge them. And this is the thing, right? It's true, Jason, what you said that people just, they don't, they don't want to talk to anybody who, uh, who, who knows scripture because they don't really know. And not that I know, I mean, I'm learning, I, I'm still learning myself, but I mean, hey, um, you know, I, I think I know a little bit, a little bit, just a little bit, a little tiny bit, teeny tiny bit. And so that's why I'd like to see you guys come on. Um, question here on TikTok. Common question. Uh, I'm wondering why God allows horrible tragedies to happen. Okay, so first of all, not everybody is God's child. Okay, because there's a lot of assumptions that 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 come into play when it comes to um, this whole argument. Some people assume that everybody is God's child. And why would he do this to his children? Not everybody is God's child. You could say that everybody is part of the creation, but that's different. That's, that doesn't mean everybody is God's child. Okay, that's what being adopted into the kingdom or being born, so to speak, born again is all about, is coming into the family. Okay, you weren't, you, you were part of the kingdom of darkness, Therefore, you're a child of darkness, as even the scripture says. And then you come into the family, okay? Um, and so then you become a child of God. That's one element. The, another element is that um, God doesn't look at things like how we do, okay? This life on earth is a very, very temp temporary thing, okay? It's very, very temporary. Um to God, this is just a walk through the walk through the park, basically. Okay, some people go, you know, some people go are in this world for a long time. Some people are in this world for a very, very short time. 
Um, there are various, various reasons why things happen. Um, you know, and the, the other side, and I always hear people say, why is it that God allows horrible tragedies to happen? But you know what? On the other side of this, uh, on the other side of the coin, on the other side of the spectrum is, you should be asking again with that, you should be saying, why does God allow so many people to be so spoiled? Why does he overbless some people? Why are some people, why do some people have too much, so much that they basically worship themselves, they make an idol out of themselves? And you see, you, we see it today in, in especially in Western culture, well, all over the world really, is that people that are, people that are not victims of horrible tragedies, on the other side, sometimes you got these celebrities that are, you know, they get everything they want. They have all the pleasure, all the money, all the power they want. And yet, they are very, very wicked, evil people. A lot of these celebrities end up taking their own lives. And that goes to show, that should, that should be a proof that, sure, there's really bad things can happen to you, but also if if really, really good things happen to you in the sense of you you have all the money in the world, you have all the power and all the, everybody's basic, you know, you're like a celebrity, um, that can be a horrible thing as well. That can be a horrible thing as well. That could, uh, it says in the scriptures, um, don't make me so poor that I have to steal and don't make me so rich that I forget God. And that's what a lot of these celebrities, celebrities do, even though they, a lot of them don't admit, they do forget God because they're not on their face calling out to God every day because they don't really feel like they have a need to do that because of the deception of the riches of this world. They are deceived on prosperity. They are deceived by their own prosperity. And that's what makes them so wicked. So, you Look at Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Sodom and Gomorrah, it says, were very, very, very prosperous cities. It says they were, they were like the Garden of the Lord, like like the Garden of Eden. Like they were, they, they were lush. I mean, it also says that people that lived in Sodom and Gomorrah were very obese. It says that in the scriptures because they had lots of food. They had lots of blessing. They had lots of everything they ever need. But look what happened. Corruption set in very, very fast. Because of that, okay? So, yeah, I mean, God doesn't look at things the way we look at things. Sometimes being over super blessed like Sodom and Gomorrah was can be a bad thing. And life is just very temporary here. Very short here. Okay. Things happen to people, bad happen to people because they disobey God's law. Doesn't matter whether they know it or not. God. Sometimes it's for other reasons. But God doesn't look at, at things the way we I mean, look at even even Yeshua. He said. Basically, the wicked people are like weeds. They're going to be gathered up and thrown into the fire like weeds. That, I mean, that's quite a way to look at people. <laughs> a bunch of weeds in the field. 
Whereas the good people are like wheat. They, they, are, they, are, they are valued of the master. They are valued of the owner. We had Vita over there on YouTube says, Shalom, Shalom, Vita, good to see you. Jeff says, Shalom, good to see you, welcome. And another reason why, just before I move on here, uh, another reason why some tragedies happen is because of the lack of the involvement of the church in doing what they should be doing. Read, read Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Okay? Because there's too many goats out there. That's a, I mean, there's, there's many, many why. So it, it's not like a simple formula that I can give you. Um, there's many, there are many, many reasons why bad things happen. Uh, it, people are suffering. Sometimes it's because the church is not doing what she should be doing. God's people are not doing what they, what they should be doing. They're not answering the call. They're not going to help these people. They're not being the extended arm of God. They're not, they're not, they're not feeding the poor, clothing uh, the naked, so to speak, or, or uh, housing the, the homeless. They're not doing any of that stuff. So they, so there's, I mean, there's lots of different reasons. Jlock1109 says, you live? Yep, uh, that should answer your question. Says, I haven't seen you live in so long. I was thinking about you yesterday, and here you are. Okay, actually, um, yeah, I I go live most of the time on YouTube. And again, by the way, because I'm looking for somebody, or more than one, people uh, to actually join me on YouTube. I have a um, link in the description on YouTube right now. I'm 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 on live. I'm on, excuse me. I'm on YouTube live right now, um, and so uh, I'm in, I'm inviting everyone. If you whether you like me or you hate me, whatever the case is, um, join me. You know, join me, join me, join me, if you will. Uh, someone asked me on TikTok, what's your take on end time prophecy? I'm not a preterist. I don't think that everything is, has, uh, has been fulfilled. I think there's a lot of things that still have to be fulfilled and nobody really knows. Track record is key. Whenever you're investing in anything, you look at the track record of something. If you're investing in a stock or a bond or a mutual fund, you look at the track track record of that of that stock mutual fund when it comes to end time prophecy the track record is horrendous uh, what i mean is um people the people of god almost always get it wrong <laughs> almost always get it wrong i mean all the way back from you know back in the days of you can we can probably go all the way back to genesis all the way through they've always got it wrong even when Yeshua showed up, it's like they got it wrong. Uh, so I look at that and I say, you know what? 
the people of God have always got Bible prophecy wrong. I mean, not, let me, let me just make myself clear. I don't mean 100% wrong, but I mean, generally speaking, people have a really bad way. They don't really, even, even Bible scholars, believers of God, the children of God, the children of Israel, the church, every, no matter how you look at it, um, the past proves that the track record is horrendous, that people just don't really understand Bible prophecy, uh, the chronology of it, and all that, all the details. So um, don't believe anybody when they say, well, you know, the rapture is going to happen this year, or, you know, or, you know, Next year, the Antichrist is going to come on the world on the world scene. You know, whenever whenever anybody says that, you have to be because huh. always, always, it always doesn't happen. And then what happens is either the person who says it is humble enough, humble enough to say, you know what, yeah, I was wrong, or they try to justify it. Well, it did happen, but it just didn't happen the way that you think that you thought it would happen. It happened in the spirit, <laughs> you know, it happened spiritually. Um, we just know that certain things will happen. We don't know exactly when. And a lot of the sequence of the events also is, is very, is very um, unclear. Friendly reminder again, because I still don't have anybody here, but friendly reminder, uh, any of you that are listening to me right now, um, if you want to come on as a live guest, even if you're just hanging out in the background, as a you know, hanging out in the background, you know, the odd amen or you know, the odd question here and there, you feel free to do so. the uh, The link is in the description on YouTube right now. Uh, you, you just click that link and. Um, you can be slotted in here and I'll pull you on as a guest. Uh, whether you like me or whether you hate me, doesn't matter. Uh, come on as a guest. I'm just really, really tired of some of these people, especially on TikTok. Not so much on YouTube, but some on YouTube, but not so much. Uh, especially on TikTok where you get these people who, you know, they, in the in the comment section, they're just, they just go wild with, a, they quote scripture, boom, 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 trying to, like, is they're, 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 they portray it as if they're, they're attacking me with, with scriptures. Like I look at all these comments. I'm like, okay, you realize that's out of context, right? Oh, you realize that doesn't mean what you think it means. Oh, oh, and you're trying to, you're trying to cancel everything that God says here with what you believe Paul says here. Uh, you know, it, it's just, I'm, I'm tired of arguing with people in the comments. So I'm just like, Hey, instead of arguing with the comment section is no place for meaningful theological discussion. If you really, really are, if you're really confident in what you believe and you think I'm wrong in something, come on, challenge, come on as a guest, challenge me. We'll talk about it. Who knows? I might say, hey, you're right. Or I might have a question for you. You know, so let's let's do it. Let's do it. And those of you on TikTok, you wonder how you can do such a thing, or uh, if you're interested in joining me, uh, 
you'll have to go over to my YouTube channel, uh, and uh, you'll see that I'm live there right now. Uh, it's called Shabbat, March 12th, 2022. You go there and you check the, the description. You'll see the link, and um, yeah, just come on. Click the link. Uh, it'll ask you a few questions, like what you know, what screen name do you want to go by, and a few other things, and then you'll come on in the back room here, and all I have to do is click a button, and boom, you're with me, live. Okay, so those of you who are on YouTube, getting more, I don't know if I'm getting more comments on YouTube or TikTok, but um, especially on YouTube, if you, because um, I know some of you talk among, like you, you you, you put something out on the on the live chat for everybody to see, for anybody to answer. And that's awesome. But if you want something you want to direct specifically to me, just put at Chris in the live chat. And I will, I will um, pay special attention to that. Just scrolling through some of these comments. Yep. You know, and last night, actually, I'll tell you this too before I get to you guys on YouTube. Last night, I went through some of these comments. I went through a lot of comments. And I posted on there, because these people are trying to argue with me, right? So I posted on there, join me as a guest. It's I'm, I'm giving you a, an invitation to join me as a guest tomorrow, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Go to my YouTube channel. The link is in the description. See you there. And none of these people will join. They hide behind their keyboards. They hide behind their comments because they don't want to be confronted. They don't want to be put on the spot. Fear not, guys. Fear not. Fear not. Okay. So... Yeah, Jason says people don't know much about the scripture. It's true. Absolutely true. Because they don't want to read the Bible for themselves because a lot of the Bible is too um, intimidating. Or, you know, it's, 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 it's very hard to understand. And so they just go by what their pastor says or their favorite evangelist or preacher says. And, and pastor or evangelists, they just go by what other people. There's a lot of a lot of pastors out there, a lot of church leaders that do not know the Bible. Well, they do know a couple verses here and there, uh, and they go by their um, what do you call it? Lectionary. They go by their their pre uh, their pre prescribed uh, 
narrative of what they're supposed to preach on what Sunday, but they don't really know the scriptures for themselves. I, I get this all the time. You know, people say, hey, you know what? I used to go to church all my life, or I used to be a pastor, or I, I'm a pastor's daughter or, or son, or, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a PK. Um, and, and I went all my life without, I went to church and was raised in the church, but then after a while, I started reading the Bible for myself, and I started realizing that what I was taught really what the Bible says. What I was taught was is not really in line with the scriptures. And I'm like, okay, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Uh, you know, you're, you're in the right place. And people, you know what it is. And You know, what happened in the world the past couple of years with a lot of these being closed because of the shutdowns and stuff like that, it just went to prove how many people actually worship their church and not God. You know, I remember a guy that stopped me. It was um, well, a couple of years ago after the shutdown, or just shortly after the shutdowns happened, what, during the shutdown. He said, oh, man, I can't go to church. Like, man, like, like, like he's just really, really, like, hard because of it. I think, do you find, is your God the church or what? I mean, and, and this guy is part of a main lot, mainstream denominational church, okay? Not part of what, or what I would call a good church. Okay, 1 John. Uh, yes, I did, I did promise that we would talk about this today, so let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, what is your opinion on wearing or displaying a crucifix? Uh, my position is that if you aren't worshiping the object, it's fine. Otherwise, knickknacks would be forbidden. Okay, so <laughs> excuse me, Ron John. I just saw this. I just saw this comment. Okay, I because this user LeBron says to me, you know, church isn't relevant. Anyhow, according to scripture, just wondering about how to keep his commandments. Okay, we'll get to you in just a minute there, TikTok. Uh, I should say, user, little Bron, if I can pronounce your name properly there, your screen name, I'll get to you in just a minute. Um, so in regards to the crucifix, so my take of it, when I, whenever I see a, a crucifix, I... The first thing I think of is, and I know, you know what, some people may worship a crucifix, and that's wrong. Of course, that's wrong. Uh, or even worshiping a cross, for that matter, anything like that. Um, I don't really know of anybody who really worship a cross, but I know that there would, there would like from a Roman Catholic background or anything like that. Um, it just kind of, it gave me an error here that my um, connection was, was bad. So yeah, I don't know of anybody uh, personally that worships a cross. Um, 
And as far as crucifixes are concerned, I'm not really, I know one, John, you're from a, a Roman Catholic background. I'm not. So you, you, like, you have a lot more um, experience with people with when it comes to crucifixes. But um, whenever I see a crucifix, I think about how it doesn't really portray, like, I, one thing I think about it is it doesn't really portray the truth of what really happened on the cross. Because every time you see a crucifix, you see, you know, it's like you see this man up there and he's got like long hair and he's got the crown of thorns and he's got a, you know, like a little thing around his waist. According to the scriptures, what I read and understand, Yeshua was not wearing anything. And he was in really, really, really bad shape. Like, it wasn't just a little bit of blood coming from his forehead and from his hands and his feet and a little bit out of his side. No. Uh, how I read, especially from the book of Isaiah, he was literally, like, tenderized as meat. I mean, it, he, and he was whipped, and he was, he was so hard you couldn't even recognize who it was. So, for one thing, and I know this is kind of like a little bit off- the beaten track here, but for one thing, the crucifixes are not very accurate. The depiction of how Yeshua looked on the cross is not very accurate. It says they ripped his beard out. Okay, he didn't have a beard on the cross. Uh, he didn't look like, you couldn't even tell who it was. You couldn't even tell it was a man per se. He was so torn apart and he was he was he didn't have any clothes on any kind of little thing around his waist at all it was it was a very very horrific um gruesome and um uh, what did i say very graphic scene that's for sure so i have never seen a crucifix that i would say is ac is an accurate depiction of what happened but yeah one john um Now, again, I, I, I speak from the point of view, uh, I, I don't come from a Roman Catholic background. Uh, so I, I understand that Roman Catholics would probably have a way more, like, or ex-Roman Catholics would have a, a, probably a very, a more strict view on it than me, because maybe ex-Roman Catholics would know a lot more than I did or do about this. But I mean... I, I would rather, like some hospitals, right? Roman Catholic hospitals. I would rather be in a Roman Catholic hospital. I've, in my experience, Roman Catholic Catholic hospitals are better quality than regular, like any, your, any other kind of hospital. I would rather be in, a, I would feel more at home in a, in a Roman Catholic hospital with crucifixes hanging up in every room than I would in a, a real secular hospital, just absolutely, you know, gone off the, the charts when it comes to their morality and in, in what the Bible says about. It. I think that the Roman, I think that the Catholics are closer uh, and better in that in that regard. Is it wrong to have a crucifix? I would. It's 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 a touchy subject. To understand. If you throw it out, I wouldn't have a problem with it. If you keep it, you just don't worship it. Just don't worship it. Um, 
Is it wrong to have a cross? I know there are some people who believe that it's wrong to have a cross. I don't portray crosses anywhere. You know, I, you know, I, I you know, I don't have any crosses. I don't, I don't wear crosses or have crosses in the background or anything like that. And that's the, the only reason why is because of this, the stigma behind it, because it's so stigmatized. Uh, when people, when someone sees a cross, they may think it's a Ro- I'm a Roman Catholic, or they may, ha- you know, if it's from somebody from the other from another part of the world, they may think of the uh, you know horrible things that have happened to their ancestors because of people who carry crosses or something like you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say in my own mind in my. My own walk, I would say it's evil or wrong to have a cross or a cross. Um, however, if you feel like it, you, you don't, you feel like it's wrong, you feel like uh, you're not comfortable with it, you feel like you are worshiping the cross, therefore you want to get rid of it, then sure, like you want to get rid of it, sure. Um, it's like how I was when I first got saved in 1992. I used to be a guitar player in, in a band. I used to be a guitar player and singer in a band. And right after I got saved, um, I had a hard time with the guitar. I had a hard time with it because every time I picked it up, even though I wanted to play praise and worship songs, I wanted to play songs that was Christian songs. I I I always found myself going back to the, um, excuse me, drawn back to more like a, um, The old stuff, you know, like I'm just so tempted to start playing some of the old stuff, some of the old music that's secular music that I want to get away from. That's part of the old life. That's part of my old sinful self. So I found it hard. So what I did was I thought it was wrong for me to own a guitar. So I sold my guitar. I sold it because it's like I cannot play it without being without feeling like I'm pulled back to the old lifestyle. So I sold it just to get rid of it. Took me a while, you know, and after a while, I did pick up other guitars. Okay, and then I got, I got, uh, you know, someone actually gave me a, another guitar as well, an electric guitar, and so um, now I have no problem with it. So the same way it could be with crosses. Some people might have maybe a bad experience or a point of view on crosses that you know maybe a cross might make them feel a little bit more like they're going back into to maybe church churchianity or doctrine that they don't um, that's you know that's not biblical and they want to get rid of it then fine get rid of it you know um, but for someone like me I didn't grow up with that background so I don't really have a problem with somebody who has or a crucifix as long as it's not worshiped of course um, very good question, one John. Uh, let me see what we got here. We got lots of questions here. You know, you guys, you guys, uh, again, you're welcome to come on live with me, ask questions, talk a little bit. Bren says Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Bren, welcome. 
Jordan says, prayer would be appreciated. I'm feeling a lot of guilt and condemnation. I had a job interview this morning, but didn't know this equated to work on Shabbat. People online are giving me hell about it. Okay. All right. So, um, okay, let's pray for Jordan. And I, know, I think there were a few other prayer requests in here as well. My apologies if if um, somehow they were missed. But if they were missed, if you, if you don't mind putting them, uh, resubmitting your, your prayer request, uh, my apologies if somehow we missed them. Um, and, and I'll get to them as soon as I, as soon as I can. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's pray for Jordan. So Father, and once again, Father, we thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Father, for, thank you, Father, we're, we, we were able to get up this morning. We were able to open our eyes. We were able to get out of bed. Thank you, Father, that, uh, that you, you brought us to this place and in, in, in this fellowship. Thank you, Father, that we're able to, uh, communicate to one another, with one another uh, through the internet like this. So Father, we come before you and we worship you. We adore you. We love you. We are, we are yours, Father. We are yours. We submit ourselves to you. We bless you. You are holy. Holy is your name. Great and awesome God. So, Father, we ask you that you would bless Jordan, Father, uh, as he presses into you, as he comes before you in humility, Father. I ask that you would... Uh, you would honor his humility in asking prayer for this. Father, we ask you that you would just bless him abundantly, Father. Give him a wonderful, wonderful sense of your blessing and your acceptance and how you honor his humility in, in, in asking for prayer about this and, and, and uh, telling us about what happened earlier today. So, Father, we ask you, you would lead Jordan, guide him, give him wisdom and knowledge so that everything he does, he will do in confidence, knowing that it's your will. And if there's anything that he shouldn't do, Father, that you, we ask you that you would stop Jordan before he does it. You would convict him before he does it. And... Um, and that he would, that he would uh, see to it that that uh, that he doesn't do anything that you don't want him to do. The Father, just have mercy upon him and bless him in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. And everyone said, "Amen and Amen." Okay. Vita asked a question, uh, Deuteronomy 33, 8, the Thumim and Thumim, um, what does that mean? Very, very good question. And that that's one of those things that's, that's um, not very well understood. Even in Jewish circles, uh, scholars are, are it, it's very unclear, really. Um, the word Urim means lights, and the word thumim means perfections, okay? Um, and so they, the most plausible 
definition of what the most plausible explanation of what they are um, is that on the breastplate of the high priest, there would be the stones, the uh, 12 stones, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so the belief is that the Urim are, um, that God would supernaturally cause some of these stones to be illuminated that they would they, that they would stand out that they would maybe sparkle or illuminate the lights okay uri means lights through me mean through me means perfections um and so uh the idea is that god showed his will in in these quote-unquote lights and perfections that would appear on the breastplate of the high priest um, it's, it's similar to the idea of like casting lots. Um, today it would be like, like throwing, casting, throwing dice. Okay. Um, this kind of thing. So apparently it was, it was a thing that God, it was a way that God showed people, um, his ways. Uh, it's a way that, that, that God would answer uh, people's requests, like how people would, would cast lots and say, okay, Lord, show us, you know, which goat to use for sacrifice. They cast lots and the lot, the lot that fell to the, the one goat, they would take that one goat. Um, again, it's like, it's like cast, it's like throwing dice. Like, like Lord, you know, show us who wins or show us, uh, you know, which way we are to go here. And they would pray and, 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 and uh, cast lots, like again, like dice. Um, so that's really is the extent of what the Urim and Thummim is. Um, there are many different other th theories. Uh, to me, that's the most plausible. But I don't think you really, you could find anybody that really, really knows for sure. Uh, so that's all I know about it, Vina. But that's a really, really good question. Rocky James Sellers. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Says, yes, it's my favorite guy on TikTok. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Blessings multiplied to you. Okay, so, um, by the way, again, for those of you who are new on TikTok, you're just joining me, I am, I am live on YouTube as well, simultaneously. I'm on TikTok and on YouTube. And I'm inviting everybody and anybody to join me on YouTube as guest. You like me and you want to join, you want to come on as a live video guest just to hang out, say amen, or just whatever. You got a few questions, comments, or testimonies, welcome to do so. Uh, if you don't like me, if you hate me, uh, you're welcome to come on and challenge me and uh, we'll have a, an interesting discussion. Uh, I am actually challenging, I'm welcoming everybody to come on, you know, especially those who don't like me, especially those who don't like me. Yeah, because I want to see, you know, because a lot of these people in the comments, they're just spouting off all this nonsense and uh, just, you know, how it goes. A lot of these people, all they, they, 
the extent of their Christianity is just a bunch of, just a handful of cliches and they always put it all in the comments. They always put all their cliches in the comments, but they're not willing to stand up to someone who might challenge those cliches. Uh, Rocky James Seller says, how do I get how do I get you live on you? Uh, there's a couple ways. Go to my bio on TikTok and there's a little little play button, I think it is, that you tap on that. That would take you right to my YouTube channel. Or if that gives you a problem, uh, you might want to just go to YouTube and just search for Christopher Enoch. You'll find me right there. You'll find me live right now. You'll find my channel. So either way, that's that's the way to do it. And if you want to, or if you know of anybody who, anybody else who wants to actually come on as a guest, not just join, not just watch, but uh, come on as a guest, you're welcome to do that as well. The the link is in the description on YouTube. Um, so yeah. Um, let's see here. Thomas, speak about YouTube. Thomas says, please tell me you're not a pre-trib believer. I'm not a pre-trib believer. <laughs> One John says, he's not, thank God. Linda says, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of arguing too. Yeah. And you know, there's, sorry, but there's a lot of people who they, they argue like crazy in the comments. And it's like, to me, I'm like, listen, I can't really communicate very well theological things in a, in a restricted little comment. Okay. Come on, talk to me live. We can, we can hash it out. I'm more than willing to respond to your, and, I, and I'm able many times to respond to some of these comments and to respond to some of these uh, lawlessness, lawless doctrine cliches that they throw. Rocky James Sellers says, searching now, thank you, found you. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, if any of you guys, if you have, um, even if you want to just come on and tell a little testimony or something like that, you're welcome to do so. Um, there was one, let me just see if I can find, there was one lady, there was one lady who had an awesome testimony. I invited her to, to share um, on any of these live streams that I do, not just today, but any any day. And she said she would love to, and I, I don't know where, when she's available. She's available today or not, but um, that's one person. Um, yeah, Trish says people can twist scripture into many things so we have to read the bible for ourselves right absolutely absolutely like, like we spoke about this last night like really anything can be you can twist anything can be reconciled you know and i do not believe there's any such thing as undeniable evidence i don't believe in there is a, such a thing as undeniable evidence because people deny everything they can deny everything and they will deny almost everything. You know, you, you can show them pictures, they'll deny it. You, you can you can show them 
clear, like clear evidence like that's very, very convincing and they'll deny it. So I think it's really a matter of attitude. I think it's a matter of being humble enough to say, hey, I want to look at this from a really, I want to come to this table, so to speak, being as unbiased as possible inside all of my preconceived ideas and everything else that I've ever heard. Uh, come to the table with humility saying, I could be wrong. You could be wrong. We could be wrong. So, hey, let's just, let's just look at things and let the truth win. Let the truth prevail. Let's talk about the scriptures and God will show us. House of Torah, welcome, welcome, welcome. It says, will this be a weekly thing offering the keyboard warriors to put on the whole armor and battle? Uh, yeah, as, as far as I can tell, yes. Yes, it will be a weekly thing. It would be the weekly keyboard warrior challenge on Shabbat. <laughs> Some people, I don't know, I don't know. Even when I challenge, like I'm like, hey, okay, listen, like I, 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 somebody I said to like, like last night, I said, I said, you know, get out from behind your keyboard, you know, so to speak, like, um, be courageous, stop hiding behind the comments, come on, join me. It's very difficult. It's so, it's so easy to find people that are willing to shoot all these little verses that they think that is coming against me. It's not. But they think it is. Um, or, or, or just, you know, parrot their cliches. But to actually face somebody, to actually face me? Again, to give you guys an update, there's nobody, absolutely nobody, waiting to come on right now. Absolutely nobody. Rocky Sellers says, Rocky James Sellers says, uh, my wife is typing in your comment section on YouTube. Her name is Jody Sellers. Okay. I'm actually way behind here in the comments on YouTube. I'm just way behind here. Welcome, by the way. Welcome. Um, Mark says, how do you, f how do you know figure out what God's purpose is for you. Well, um, there's God's general purpose for everybody. Then there are more specific purposes. Like, like, what do you, like, what does God want you to do specifically as opposed like than other people? Um, what, the best way to figure, to figure it out is to really study the scriptures. Um, and, as you study the scriptures, you will see that God's purpose for everybody, for all of his people, is to, um, you know, to love him with all of his heart, so all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love others. Um, and that plays out in many different ways, like to, uh, to be the sheep and not the goats, as in the parable of the sheep and, sheep and the goats, you know, to, to be the one that is the extended hand of God to help, the, to help those who are needy. Um, to to be there for the for the lonely widows, uh, for the elderly, for the uh, for the fatherless, um, and so there's that general will of God, which I I believe that applies to everybody. Everybody should be like the sheep in Matthew uh, chapter twenty five. 
give water to those who are thirsty, give food to those who are hungry. Basically, just to be the extended hand of mercy to those who need it. Now, as you practice that, you will find you you will you will find your your niche. You 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 will you will settle into where God is is leading you. But you got to move, right? As they as they say you can't steer a parked car. So as you go, God will will direct you. Um so you might ask the question, how do you go? Well, just look for look for ways to bless people. Look for ways to bless people. Look for ways to be like a sheep in Matthew 25. And study the scriptures because you'll see it all the way through scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. It's all, uh, you know, it's all about loving God and loving others, um, being there for those who need it, being selfless, blessing for the widows, the fatherless, the needy, the strangers, those who need it. Um, and as you do, as you go, God will lead you. God will, will guide you and you will find your, your perfect, like your specific place um, in the body. It's an excellent question, Mark. Yeah, Rocky, Rocky James Seller says, because the Christian doctrine doesn't make sense in many ways. Absolutely. You know, people, the Christians, again, they, they hear, they're cliche Christians, right? They hear all these cliches and it makes sense that the, the, the modern Christian what I call the corrupt Christian narrative, the corrupt, the corrupt Christian gospel, in and of itself, it makes sense. But when once you open the Bible up, and once you start studying the scriptures, just and once you actually use your own brains, once you actually start thinking, then it's like, well, wait a second, um, that doesn't. You know, like for example, I remember this. Let me just give you a personal testimony. Back in 1992. 1992, late 1992, early 1993. That's what I was doing. Um, like that's when I really started walking with God, um, and I started thinking, like reading the Bible for myself, and started thinking for myself. I'm thinking, okay, so what's the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament? Like, well, the New Testament is all about you know faith and and grace, and you know, and the Old Testament is all about works. The New Testament is about faith. That's how you live, you know. And the Old Testament is, how, is, uh, is all about works. That's how you live. Like, that's how you live spiritually. You, you, know, you, you, you inherit eternal life. And then all of a sudden I thought, mm, wait a second. The hope of faith is the just shall live by faith. That's Old Testament. There goes that idea. There goes that theory. Um, so, the, so the just shall live by faith, that's Old Testament. And so, yeah, I mean... The more you think about the modern Christian narrative and the more you put it up against Scripture, the more you see how it doesn't make sense. That's true. And I always say this to people, and I get it. You, you guys probably know I get, I get challenged a lot. I got a lot of people who challenge me, and I say, okay, that's fine. And that's what I'm asking for right now, actually, you know, especially on YouTube. Come on, YouTube, and challenge me. Be a live guest right now. Challenge me. But a lot of people, they, they don't want to be like, I always say, if you challenge your, your church, if you challenge your 
denomination's doctrine, as much as you challenge me, you'll find the truth. If you challenge your pastor as much as you challenge me, you'll find the truth. If you challenge your favorite evangelist as much as you challenge me, you'll find the truth. Vinny says, uh, shalom, everyone. Shalom, Vinny. Good to see you. Welcome. Blessings multiplied to you. Roderick says, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Roderick. Again, I apologize for those of you who are putting, um, I'm behind here on the on the uh, comments. Okay. Um, Roderick, I'm not sure if you're talking to me or someone else in the chat. You said, um, you said yourself, you said, I'm not sure why you aren't going to the tour to answer this and relying on opinion. Um, okay. I mean, if this, if that's talking to me, then I, that's what I am. I mean, I, uh, talking about how idols and, and, and all that kind of thing, it's all from the Torah. I base everything that I say about that on the Torah. Okay, yeah. So it seems like Roderick is is talking about me uh, as he as he replied to Trish because Trish says, okay, so Trish says, Mister Lewis, Pastor Enoch reads Torah almost nightly. Yeah, actually, I went through every single word of Torah. Every like everything is based upon the Torah anyway, for sure. If he hasn't gotten to your question, uh, well, well, it it is in his channel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, every. I'm not exactly sure what the problem is, Roderick, but. Roderick says, 
do you live with him? Like, what's, I don't understand why you'd be talking like that, Roderick. Yeah, you see, Roderick, this is this is the thing, okay? Um, like when I talked about the idols, okay, that's all based upon Torah, okay? Put it this way. In Acts chapter 15, when they asked the question, like, what do Gentiles, like, do Gentiles need to get circumcised? What do they need to do in order to get saved? You know, Acts chapter 15, verse 1. Um, you know, do they need to get circumcised to get saved? And And so... You know, we have James, we have uh, Peter, we have, uh, those are the, le- J- James was the leader of the church. Peter was was there as well. Paul was there as well. The elders of the church were there as well. And what did they say? They pulled out four laws. They didn't quote. They didn't say, well, the Torah says this and the Torah says that. But what they said was Torah compatible. They said, you know, you should not eat blood. You should not have, it's the idols. Um, they, they spoke about the idols. They spoke about um, not eating things strangled, and they spoke about sexual immorality. That's Torah, right? You don't have to always, at every point, always say, "Well, let's look at Exodus chapter twenty it says, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me,' or let's look at you know the the golden calf and 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 talk about that, Roderick. I don't know what you, what your what your uh, what your problem is. Uh, I said nothing against the Torah. I, and I didn't, everything I said was actually from, based upon the Torah. Yeah, Trish says, uh, Mr. Lewis, you are very rude. I agree. Absolutely very rude. Certainly not becoming of, we're talking about loving one another and all that kind of thing. Certainly not becoming of that. That's That's for sure. You need to understand too, Roderick. You got you need to get your brains a little bit more expanded and say, "Hey, um, people worship their cell phones. Do you have a cell phone? People worship food. Do you eat?" Actually, it says very clearly. Oh, let me see. I'll show you this. You want me to show you something? I'll show you something, Roderick. Be a little bit more. Open your, be a little bit more thoughtful of, of, of things, okay? Um, Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. Here we are. Oops, not that. Sorry about that. i just share this. Um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 19 says, Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. So does that mean that everybody who everyone who has a stomach is in, in a, is an idolater? They have an, they have another god before them. They have another they have another god before Yahuwah? They have another god. They're they're breaking the, the uh, you know one of the ten commandments just because they have a stomach. You understand what I mean? It all depends on how you look at things, right? It all depends on how you. Just because you have a stomach doesn't mean that that stomach is your God. 
Just because you eat food doesn't mean that you are a fornicator like Esau, how it says that he's a fornicator because of the because of the fact that he he um, valued food over the spiritual things of Hebrews chapter 12. So when I'm talking about a crucifix or, or a cross, because someone has a cross doesn't mean they're worshiping it. Okay? Roderick says, Trish, I was not rude one minute. Oh, yes, you were. Yes, you were. Disagreement is in, in being rude. Is, I mean, yeah. Saying things like this, Roderick, is rude. Do you live with him? Because you speak as if you live with him. That's rude. That's not just a disagreement. That's rude to Trish, by the way. And that's certainly not becoming of a believer, by the way. Certainly not. And if you want to disagree, you're welcome to disagree. Again, Roderick, if you want to come on as a guest, come on. Come on. Do, follow the link. If I missed something in the Torah, show me. I don't think I did. I quoted, I referred to, the whole thing against idols in general. Yes, Mark says, uh, Christopher, Christopher is on every night reading from it. Yeah, I went through every single word of the books of Moses, went through every single word, talked about it, commented on it, answered questions about it. Every single, actually, we didn't finish We finished it not too long ago. And now I'm going through the rest of the Tanakh as well. And by the way, depending on how you look at it, the Tanakh in itself is the Torah. Uh, Yeshua called the book of Psalms Torah. And Mark agrees as well. Yeah, Roderick is coming off as rude. Absolutely. The second first says exactly what I said. Go to the description link and you can be on right now. Absolutely. Show me where I'm wrong. Vita says, wow, thank you, sir. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for your question. I appreciate it. Fearfully Confident says, that's the truth, because their faith, faith is weak. Like I said, I'm very, very sick of people who are hiding in the comments all the time. And they're not. Oh, spreading, spreading his love, 444. Hey, uh, says, I'm trying to connect to you, your live stream on YouTube, hoping to get my computer working right. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, if you connect to it, any 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 problem, just let me know on here. Um, if you connect to it, you know, I'll just pull you on. You can share your testimony. That'd be awesome. Yeah, awesome. Praise God.
Question for Move says, could you explain what rule one means to join about participants having a profile? Okay, so this is just to um, to weed out the trolls, okay? And this is if I don't know you. The question for Move, I know you. I know you're not just a troll that comes out. I know you're not malicious. So like people like you or like people like um, spreading his love here. Okay, yeah, we got spreading his love. Um Speaking of it, spreading his love is is waiting here. Let me just pull on here. Um, um, just going to send you a private chat there, spreading his love. Okay. All right, all right. So we have, um, let me see here. Okay, so we have a guest on here. Uh, it, now, I'm just, it, according to your TikTok profile, it's Krista, is that right? Okay, okay. Um, so no, no, nobody here until I bring you on. So this is, uh, this is Krista from Spring is Love underscore 444 on TikTok. Uh, just a little bit of a background. Um, I'm be, I'm really behind on some of my TikTok uh, uh, mentions and comments and stuff. And last night I was going through some, and I ran across uh, Krista's um, uh, video, and uh, she sh she shared a testimony in that video. And I just kind of I sent a comment. I said, if you'd like to come on uh, on my live and share that, that would be awesome. And she said she'd love to, and she's with us right now. So, and everybody in the live chat, if you could please give Krista. A, a warm uh, shalom, shalom. Welcome, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me all right? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. How are you doing? Okay, good. Pretty good. How about you? Good, good. Good, good, good. Um, so, hey, like, share, like, in that video that you, you had on, um, that I responded to, uh, you shared a little bit of a testimony. So would you, could you share like that testimony? I'll just, uh, uh, sure. I'll just, uh, I'll give you the floor here and go ahead. All right. So I basically raised oh. in the assembly uh, of God and the Nazarene church. My grandparents were pastors and my uncle is also a pastor. So I was really in the church and Growing up, I never really understood or saw why the church didn't practice what they preached. And that always gave me a bad taste in the mouth. Like, if you're not going to practice what you preach, then why are you here? So I started questioning the church a lot. My grandparents never really taught anything or encouraged Bible reading. 
they just wanted me to come in on Sundays and listen to their sermons, and that was it. Every so often I would read the scriptures, but for the most part, I didn't read the Bible. And then just about a year ago or so, I started a TikTok account, and I came across Ashira Rose and Trevor Stokes and Journey in Truth and Christopher. And they started talking about the Torah, the law of God. And I was like, what are they talking about? There's the law, there's no law. We're under grace. And I'm just, I, it didn't make sense to me. So I kind of have a petty personality. So I wanted to prove them wrong with this new TikTok account that I had. And I started reading the scriptures for myself. At first it was to prove them wrong, but the more and more I got into the scriptures, I found out that everything that they were speaking and preaching and teaching was the truth. Like, when I understood what they were talking about and how the law has not been done away with and that Yeshua Jesus fulfilled it by love, and love is pretty much the whole background of the whole Bible. Everything from front to back, just mind-blowing. Everything just started coming right out of, the out of the pages and everything started to make sense. And I got really convicted to really start following God's commands and to guard them. So I'm still kind of new to the Torah observing aspect of things but everything that these guys have been teaching is truth and a lot of the churches just want to tickle the ears and it's it's really sad because there's so many people that are missing out on the blessings and the shalom and the love of how deep the word of god really is because it's so beautiful and everything has such more of a deeper meaning when you start studying the Jewish culture, the historical context of things, getting into the Hebrew language, getting into the Aramaic and the Greek. It, it will open your eyes to a whole nother perspective of what the word of God really is. And it's all about his love for us and all he wants is for us to be obedient and to show that we love him back. And the church doesn't necessarily teach this anymore. It's all about me, 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 and what God's going to do for me. And that's why I quit going to the church. I stepped out of the church. I got into witchcraft because witchcraft, you kind of get, you get that sense of control. You get that sense of power when you're doing your own spells and stuff like that and thank god for waking me up from that because he i had a dream one night after i was starting to get into witchcraft and it's i'm pretty sure he took me to hell because where i was the smell the putridness of just being there I had this demon over over me and he had this knife i don't know if you know what a um i've seen a satanic ritual knife it's kind of got a little hook to it 
and they in this if you look into the satanic ritual aspects of things and how they do their rituals what happened to me in my dream was a legitimate satanic ritual as i was in hell so he basically would take his knife cut me from my sternum and go all the way down to my pubic it it felt so real and so just crazy but um he sorry <laughs> the um That's okay. because of the torment and stuff he just kept over and over and over again and i just I snapped back into my body and I was absolutely terrified that this is where I was going to end up if I continued on the path that I was going on. So then I eventually slowly was getting out of that and then I came across New Age. And now I've been seeing the New Age movement creeping into the church and it's it's heartbreaking. It breaks my heart that these people are being so led astray and so deceived by these selfish rituals, basically. These selfish man-made traditions. And there are these pastors that are supposed to be shepherding these people into Father's kingdom and teaching them and equipping them to walk out the best the best way that they can with the Messiah, they're, they're getting neglected of that. And it's a huge problem nowadays. And I think a lot of the reason we see a lot of discord going on on the TikTok group is because people are still stuck in their selfish ways. They don't want to be corrected. It's all about me, 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 and what I think. We get so defensive so easily because of... Um, the society that we live in. We don't we don't want to be corrected. We want to be right about everything. But the thing is, is if you want to walk out this amazing and blessed journey with the Messiah and to get closer to the Father, you have to be teachable. You have to have an open mind to the fact that you're going to be wrong because we're all wrong. None of us have anything right. I mean, we're learning every single day, day by day, with the help of the Messiah, with the help of the Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit. Um, it's a day-to-day -day process. We will not be completely changed until Christ comes. So if the people in the body of Christ could just be a little more open-minded and a little bit more just teachable really if you really truly care what the father has to say then you need to be teachable that's just plain and simple and that's basically what i've been learning is we need to be teachable if we want to grow in the messiah and be changed and Im imitate the messiah we have to be like him and we have to be open to basically denying ourselves picking up our crosses and taking it day by day and allowing the Father to work in us through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, anybody who's listening, if you have any specific questions or comments for Krista, just put at Krista in the live chat and we'll get to that. Um, so 
let, let, just, just take me back again. Um, so you were, was it, you, was there who was a pastor or your grandfather? Grandfather. Grandfather. Okay. Okay. And so you grew, you grew up in a Christian home. Yes. Did you go up like going to church every Sunday? Yeah, pretty much. Um, my mom would drop me off over at my grandparents over the weekend and my grandparents would take me cause they ran a church in a, in a small town. Um, I'm originally from North Dakota. So it was in a small town in North Dakota called was it Medina, I believe. And it was just a bunch of old, old folk. And yeah, I always went to church with them. And then when they um, quit preaching at that church because it got shut down or whatever, I still ended up going to the other church that they went to. I mean, I was always with them on Sundays, always. Wow, and, and so you went to church until, like, for how long? Uh, like, probably when I became a teenager, I kind of was just like, eh, I don't see, I wasn't seeing this compassion and love from a lot of these church members, and also I didn't really see it from my family. So it was like, if you guys are considering yourselves people of God, and you are basically going around people's backs behind closed doors and bashing them because they sinned. Like, I was like, you guys are no better. We're, we all fall short of the glory of God. So I was just like, you know, I'm done with this. So I left at about when I was old enough to drive. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to go to you guys anymore if you're going to sit in the pews and listen to the preacher, but when you go home and go behind closed doors, you're sitting there condemning and judging people, and I wanted no part of that. And so then you got involved in witchcraft after that? Yes. Okay. And then, so when you when you first saw, like, um, us uh, Torah TikTokers, I guess you would call us, um, were you still like involved in witchcraft at that at that time? No, ma'am. Nope. No, no. I was okay. um, was actually only in witchcraft for maybe about two two and a half years. I mean, two and a half years too long, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what was it like? It, it, can you put your finger on something that really? you would say this is what really did it for me that really got me you know to where you are today um i almost committed suicide and father basically should save me from that and i promised that i would follow him and try to learn to build a relationship with him because he saved my life <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that was that was like long before you were on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was okay. probably about 20, 2013, 2014. 
That was while I was doing, uh, was in witchcraft, but also I was an alcoholic on top of it because of just a lot of stuff going on in my family. My parents got divorced. Um, I was thrown in the middle of it and trying to go to college at the same time. Mm. And it just, between demonic depression, between the family drama and school and just feeling absolutely lost and unloved and unheard. I was going to drink myself to death one night and father sent my best friend to me and was like, hey, you need to get out of here. You need to move away. You need to get away from this toxic environment so that I can basically work in you. So I basically packed up all my stuff and Five months after that happened, and I moved to Texas. And then um, the reason I moved to Texas is because my best friend, who's now my husband, we had known each other for 13 years, and I moved down here to be with him. And basically, Father used him to create a loving and safe environment for for me. And because of that, I was able to just finally read the word for myself. Wow. And so you, you ran across some of us. Is, mm -hmm. is there something that we said or Ashira said or myself or someone else said that really kind of did it for you that got you thinking more along the, the Torah way? Um, it was more so like always curious because I have a curious personality so I love to learn so when you y'all were starting to talk about how God's laws are not done away with and I'm like what are God's laws I don't know what God's laws are like all I know are you're supposed to love your God as yourself and love your neighbor as yourself you know or whatever and I was like well, what are they talking about so that's where I was like, okay, I don't know anything about this so-called God's law, let alone I realize I had never read the first five books of the, of the Bible, the Torah. Like, it just was, yeah, more of pure curiosity and not knowing what God's laws were. You know, that's that's really what I think is the key, really. Like, you, you, you touched on it, like, you said you love to learn. And mm -hmm. so a lot of people are not like that. A lot of people, they they think they know everything. Right. Right. So when you try to talk to a lot of Christians about this kind of stuff, it's like, no, they, they think they got it all. They know everything, but they don't. No. <laughs> and it's, it, it's always, it's always, uh, you know, and I, I always say that, like to, to have the attitude of, of learning, like to to come with the attitude of learning. Like, it, you know, is there something else I can learn here? You know, to be teachable, to be learnable, to be humble. Um, I think that's a thing. Um, and you mentioned also that you didn't know what God's laws are. I think that that is really a failure of the church, mm -hmm. right? I think that the church needs the need the church really 
fails uh, in that because the church doesn't teach that at all. Oh, not at all. So let's say there's somebody watching that is right now where you were, let's say, two years ago. What would you say to them? No matter what you hear from anybody else, you have to, and I'm and I'm backing this 100%, you have to test everything that everybody says with the Word of God. Like, if you really, really want to understand who the Father is and want to know how to show that you love Him, because He's done incredible things, He has sustained you, read his word because it's his love language it literally all it is the whole bible is his love language absolutely absolutely i hear so many people say that um they're like you know i because some people too they say well they they stopped going to church and then they read the bible for themselves and then you know they just come to this knowledge of Hey, you know, God's laws are not done away with. And, you know, the whole, the whole thing just opens up to them. Yeah, exactly. And that's basically, it's so simple. Like it's right in front of everybody. Like it's just, it's right there. It's just, it's, it's right there. You just have to be willing and open and just ready to receive what the father has to say. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what we have in the chat. Is anybody, again, if anybody has any uh, questions for um, uh, Krista? I'm sorry if I... Oh, no, you're good. Pardon me? You're good. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So... Okay, so here we got the Great Deception says, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Good to see you. Trish says, love the great state of Texas. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Great Deception says, uh, seek the kingdom of Yahuwah, Yahweh, however you want to pronounce that, uh, with all your heart, mind, and soul, and it will be revealed to you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So your your um your testimony was an awesome testimony. I think that's awesome. Really, really awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, the Lord just continue to bless you, um, lead you and guide you, uh, show you all. You know, as it says in the scriptures. And for those of you, there's some of you that have um, saw my older YouTube videos, and I always said at the end. You know, call unto him and he will show you great and mighty things. You know, that uh, scripture in Isaiah, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things. So, yeah, that's that's how to do it. Deborah says, Deborah says, Shalom, Shalom. And Jeff says, amazing testimony. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um All right, so see how it goes here. Um, 
Is there anything else, uh, Krista, that you'd like to share? Anything on your heart, any scriptures or anything like that you want to share? I just want to open it right up. Uh, I can't think of anything. Um, I'll suggest this. Um, what really helped me become a lot more open to understanding Torah was basically rereading all of Psalms and Proverbs. Oh, that yeah. Really because Psalm 119, all of that is all about Father's Father's law and what a blessing it is. Yeah, oh man. You know, in Psalms, it, it says so much in Psalms about how, like you mentioned Psalm 119, also Psalm 19 as well, it, t- it talks about how the law of God is so beautiful and lovely and more precious than gold and sweeter than honey and all this stuff it's all this stuff that's against the the modern christian narrative exactly it, it's like it's like open the book of psalms and read it uh, there's a story um it's i wouldn't say this is a really good testimony per se but it is a testimony of Again, we're talking about the failure of the church. Um, There was this guy in, um, uh, he lived in a, it was a monk that lived in a monastery. And uh, and they said that in the monastery, they would read Psalm 119 like all the time. Like they would read it like, uh, I forget how many times, like a week, if it's every day, they they would read Psalm 119. And there was this monk and he said he read it for 15 years, like over and over and over and over and over again for 15 years. And finally, he decided, now again, I'm not saying this is necessarily the best the best testimony, but he decided to call a Jewish rabbi and, 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 and say, how do I convert to Judaism? And the Jewish rabbi was absolutely stunned. Like, why would you want to? You're a monk living in a monastery. Why would you want to do that? And the monk's like, well, Rabbi, do you know what you know Psalm 119 or do you know the longest chapter in the Bible? And the rabbi's like, yeah. He's like, well, uh, do you know which chapter that is? And the rabbi's like, yeah, it's Psalm 119. And he's like, do you know what that psalm is all about? Yeah, it's all about the Torah. And he's like, well, I read that like every day for like 15 years. And finally, after 15 years, finally, I said, how come we're not we're not doing any of this it's it talks about the law of god so like everything is just you know the law of liberty freedom it's just so good and precious good holy and just and every possible you know positive praise that you could have for the law of god and the monks like i just can't stand it any longer i can't keep on reading this psalm without saying i have to I have to do, I have to commit myself to the Torah because, and he didn't know any, he didn't know anywhere else to turn except for a Jewish rabbi to convert to Judaism. And that's why I say, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that the church that he was in didn't provide the the solution. A lot of it, what we, the church doesn't talk about, and this is something that I just recently learned is 
The Father is the one that draws the people in to the Messiah. So if the Father is the one, if your Father doesn't think that you're ready to be drawn in to the Messiah, then it's not your time. So there's a lot of people out there that it's just, it's not their time yet to come in for Father to draw them because of their heart's unwilling to change. They're, they're stiff-necked, they're hardened. They don't want to, they don't want to change. And he sees that. So again, it goes back to being a teachable heart, basically. Because Father draws the earth, Father draws the people in to the Messiah, and the Messiah leads the people back to the Father. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I you know I used to be I used to be very very strongly evangel evangelistic. Like I used to be out on, out on the street a lot, talking to people face to face, trying to get everybody saved. You know, and you know I found a great freedom in in just what you're talking about. Like sometimes it's like it's so difficult to talk to some people. And when I just came to the point of realizing, you know what, some people are just not there, like the father hasn't really drawn them. And some some people, I think they're just, they'll, unfortunately, they'll never be there. They'll never get there. So when I, when I finally came to that realization, that's really, it really gave me a lot of freedom. Right. And, I'm, and I wasn't trying to save everybody all the time, you know, like you got to be saved now, everybody. Right, because that's what I was taught. It's like, who cares about what I'm doing? Because I'm saved by grace. So I need to go to my next door neighbor or the homeless person that's living underneath the bridge and I need to share the gospel. But what about working out our own salvation with fear and trembling? What about focusing on us changing ourselves changing inwardly and out because if you aren't willing to work at it which is what james talks about is we gotta work our own salvation i think it was james or was peter i'm sorry but um we just we need to be focused on our own salvation instead of pointing the finger like we're not all going to agree on the same thing because we all have different beliefs we all understand or have different interpretations we're all on different levels father has us on this on the same path but he's teaching us all in different ways and i think a lot of people forget about that is we grow when father sees that we're ready to grow but we also have to be pliable to let him work on us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a comment here. I, I want to, if you wouldn't mind chiming in, um, somebody asked about spiritual warfare, and I think um, maybe I, I'll answer that question in a minute. And um, uh, Krista, since you've been involved in um, witchcraft, you might have something to say about that as well. But first of all, I want to get to this comment here. It is, ABI for short says that's interesting. I've never looked at Psalms and Proverbs in that mat, mat, excuse me, manner. I'll have to go back into it again with that new understanding. It, let me just add this as well. Um, 
the Psalms, not only does the Psalms and the Proverbs speak so highly and so much of the Torah, but it also brings out other things too. Like, for example, the idea that there are there are people that are righteous. This, the book of Psalms actually says a lot about the righteous. Um, I'm just going to quickly view a, a certain, you know, that again, that is, you know, Thinking for, if you think for yourself, you read for yourself, um, when you put that up against the modern narrative, the modern narrative is that there's none righteous. Nobody could ever be righteous. But in the book of Psalms, uh, let me just get this here. In the book of Psalms, 70, 78 times I got here, 78 times it talks about the righteous people. And so if there's no such thing as someone who's righteous, why would it mention it 78 times in, in the book of Psalms? Like as if there are righteous people. And that's another thing. Like for example, just a quick little peek here. Like Psalms uh, 1, uh, 5 says, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Like it, it sounds like there is actually an assembly of the righteous. Um, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of wicked leads to destruction. And so we got all this, like, you know, the off the sacrifices of the righteous, or excuse me, offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in, in the Lord. Uh, surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. Um, so, yeah, like when you read the Psalms and the Proverbs, you'll come across all these different things that you have to, you kind of have to step back from the narrative and say, okay, so let me re reassess here. What do you think about that, uh, Krista? Sorry, um, I missed some of that. My bad. My cats. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> no problem. The idea that uh, Psalms has, um, for example, the Psalms talk has a lot of stuff about the righteous, about righteous people in it. Um, and it kind of, you know, it goes, it kind of flies in the face of the modern narrative that there is nobody that's righteous and nobody could ever be righteous. But the Psalms and the Proverbs actually talk about the righteous people a lot. So from my understanding from reading scripture and what the difference is from nobody's righteous, but it speaks of righteous people is the fact that when we are doing the things that Father asks us to do, we are considered righteous by doing his word. And if we're not doing it and we're going and doing our own thing and doing it our own way then we're not necessarily righteous we're being selfish being selfless is what makes you righteous yeah excellent um and if i can add to uh um Paul said there's none righteous, no, not one. And he was he was quoting from Psalms 14. And it's not really a direct quote. Um, 
if you go to Psalms 14, um, let me just quickly here. Psalm, okay, Psalms 14 says, um, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is none, there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if, if there are any who understand, any who seek God, all have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Okay. And it says, do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. Uh, but there, there they are, overwhelmed with dread. Okay. So really... Um, what, how I read this and um, is that the people who the there are none righteous quote comes from that Paul was quoting from Psalm 14, but I don't believe my personally I don't believe that that's talking about everybody like absolutely everybody from Adam until to, to the last to the person to the last baby who's been being born right now. When it says there's none, there is none who does good, or there is none righteous, in that context, how I read it in that context is, it's talking about people who say God. it talks. It's talking about people who are corrupt, people whose deeds are vile. Uh, in context, it talks about people who do not seek God. It says here, um, people who have. Um, uh, let me see here. People who devour God's people, people who never call on the Lord. So, you know, so the way I understand it is there, there is, there's one there. Let me just say this. There is none good, no, not one, or there's none righteous. It's not, it's, it's talking about a specific group of people. It's talking about that particular group of people. Because for example, we do have, you know, Genesis chapter 6, Genesis chapter 7, it talks about Noah being righteous. And again, in Psalms, it has almost 80 times, 80 times in there where it talks about the righteous people, the assembly of the righteous, you know, hang out with the righteous, you know, all this kind of thing. Be righteous. Um, same with the, in the book of Proverbs as well. It's almost like that, that, that scripture, um, all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Everybody likes to quote that one. But in context, if you read that, it's the same, same thing. It's the verse of that. It says that God, um, God, uh, for uh, let me just make sure I quote this properly, or else somebody will say, "Hey, he didn't, you know, you misquoted the Bible." Um, okay, so. This is um, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 5. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 5 says, You, you, um, Isaiah's talking to God here, you, it'd be God, meets him who rejoices in doing righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. Behold, you were angry for we, we sinned. So notice, notice there are two different groups of people, right? There are the there is, there's the him who who loves to do righteousness, who loves to do what's right, and then there are the we 
who have sinned. Um, we have become unclean. All of our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. All of us have withered like a leaf. Wrong do, uh, our wrongdoings have, have taken us away. Uh, there's no one who calls on your name. Uh, no one who stirs himself to take hold of you. Um, so obviously there's two different groups of people here. There's, the, there's him who, who, likes, who does righteousness, who loves to do what's right. And then there are the we who don't, who don't like to do what's right. Uh, the we who, um, the ones who don't call upon the name of the Lord, the ones who seek God. Um, the ones who are, you know, basically taken away by the sins, uh, by their sins, and in that in that context, righteous deeds are like a filament, but not not with everybody. So that's that's basically how I read that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to add something to that because our, our yeah. garments are filthy rags. Um, that's where you his blood is the one that cleanses those filthy garments so Torah we basically following Torah and then adding Yeshua into it because he's the one that put the curse the penalty nailed it to the cross he's the one that basically cleans our garments okay we got um, we got Thomas uh... Just a second here. Thomas, I'm I'm putting a um I'm I'm writing you uh something in the private um the private chat. If you can respond to that. I'm just not I'm I I'm not familiar with Thomas here. Uh just wanna Thomas, are you from TikTok or YouTube? Um, just wondering if you could put your screen name in there, please, in the in the uh, private chat, so I know who I'm talking to. Um, okay, so Mark asked a question. Uh, about spiritual warfare. Now, Krista, I'm not sure how much time you have here. You're welcome to stay as long as you want. If you want to hang out or if you have to go, no, either way doesn't, I mean, um, I really, really appreciate you coming on here and sharing, but um, just so you understand. No. What's that? No problem. <laughs> oh, I appreciate yeah. the invite, so... Father can get all the glory and honor. Okay, just a second here. Um, it's a second, Thomas.
Um, all right. So in the meantime, just just a second, Thomas. We'll, I'll be with you in just a minute. In the meantime, um, just talk about spiritual warfare. Um, so would you like to say something about spiritual warfare, um, Krista? I'm still kind of learning in that category. I'm kind of... Okay, yeah. That's something I was never taught. Like, the church doesn't necessarily teach on this. So there's a lot of there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that don't know how to deal with spiritual warfare or deliverance along those lines. I know I'm still learning. Okay. Um, I'll share what I have learned. Um, just a second here. Okay. Um, so when Krista was sharing about um, uh, witchcraft, uh, I used to I used to hang around with people. I used to hang out when I was a teenager. I used to hang out with people that also practiced that. Uh, I wouldn't say that I practiced it that much. I was I, I was uh, I did get involved with more of the like the spiritual like um, spiritism or, or spirit guides. Um, kind of the new age spirit guides. No, uh, well, not necessarily. No, uh, more like the new age kind of stuff. I did get, mm-hmm. I did uh, dabble in that. Um, so, what happened was, uh, when I got saved um, in 1992, July of 1992, immediately after uh, <laughs> I got saved, all of a sudden I started having nightmares every single night, and I knew that there was a spiritual warfare going on in my life. I knew it. I was like, I'm, I'm battling evil spirits for sure here. Um, every single night I had nightmares. And so I went to the, um, I went to a Christian book bookstore and I looked for I, thinking back, thinking back now, I'm thinking, how did I know enough to do this? You know, at the time I was just a teenager. It's like, how did I know enough to do this? But, you know, again, you think you talk about the father guiding you. Um, so I went to a Christian bookstore and I thought, I want to look for books on spiritual warfare. So I bought two different books. Uh, one book was a book called prepare for war. The other book was a book that I have right in front of me here. And this is called winning spiritual warfare. And this book has been those books. Um, this one and the other one I mentioned very, very good, um, this one in particular, uh, it's a very, very small, like it's just more like, it's almost like a pamphlet. Um, it's 48 pages total, small little pocketbook. And um, it's called, again, I don't, I don't, I, I don't get anything for this. Uh, I don't know the author or uh, I don't have no, nothing to do with this uh, publisher or anything like that, but just, just to bless you guys. This is what I, I read this. Um, and so 
because it's so small, I read it in one night. I sat down and I read it in one night. And, and, and it has what they call Steps to Freedom in Christ. It, the, uh, the author is Neil T. Anderson. And so Steps to Freedom in Christ. Every step has a prayer. Um, it starts out with, a, with um, a little bit of teaching. It has a prayer and scripture teaching prayer scripture every step and so i went through every step and when i got to the end of this um and i prayed the last prayer i literally and this is for, it shocked me it really shocked me what what i experienced i literally felt something leave me this was back in 1992 I felt something leave me. And the last prayer was that that the Father would fill me with his Holy Spirit. And I felt the Holy Spirit come into me. And it was just an, a, such an amazing experience. Like I was just like, I was so overwhelmed. I was so shocked. Immediately I went to the phone and I called someone. I said, you got to get this book. You got to read this book. Um, and I went out. And I ordered 50 books. Here I am, just a teenager. I ordered 50 books to give out to everybody I know and to strangers. Um, and so I learned, I learned a lot in, when it comes to spiritual warfare. I learned that um, evil spirits, a lot of times when they come in, when, they, uh, when, they're, when you have evil spirits or they're attacking you or they're this kind of thing, it's um, a lot of times they don't come. F they have a reason that they're there. You did something that would welcome them. Um, you did something that would open the door, like, for example, witchcraft or using a Ouija board or new age or any of these kind of things. Basically now, since what I, what I know now, um, basically, um, Anything that violates the Torah, really, anything that violates the Torah does open the door to evil spirits. And so, although it doesn't say that in this book, this is more of a, this is more of a, a Christian, like not a Torah kind of book, but it does have Torah principles in it. Um, uh, step one, counterfeit, counterfeit versus real. I think that's talking about like counterfeit. Uh, yeah, it does talk about like astral projection, Ouija board. Um, clairvoyance, all these in new age and all the different religions as well, basically to renounce the counterfeit religions and accept the real. Uh, step two is deception versus truth. Very similar to that, like um, renouncing all deception. Step three, this is a big one, bitterness versus forgiveness. Okay. Um, bitterness versus forgiveness. Uh, what it does here is it challenges you to, to think of everybody that you are bitter against um, and to pray that God would show you people that you have not forgiven, people that have done something against you or something against someone that you love or some, someone that you, or some people that you sympathize with. Um, 
and it takes you through that and, and, and you can, you know, you make a decision to forgive that person, whether you feel like it or not, you decide to forgive that person. Um, anyway, it, all these steps here. So what I, what I have um, learned about spiritual warfare is number one, some, a lot of times the devil or an evil spirits can be in someone's life because of something they did. It can be because of someone, someone else did too. Like if you're, uh, if you're a victim, that can also be um, an open door. If someone has done something to you, and if that has not been dealt with or forgiven, that can also be an open door. Um, so spiritual warfare, I'd say number one, you fight spiritual warfare by obedience, by declaring you know, that you renounce certain things that you've done in, in your past. You renounce it. You cancel all ground gained by the enemy. Um, remember, Yeshua, he defeated the devil using the Torah. Torah, I mean, the book of Deuteronomy specifically, that's what he did. Just the book of Deuteronomy it was enough for Jesus to uh, uh, to defeat the Torah. I mean, not defeat the Torah, defeat the devil, excuse me. Uh, use the Torah to defeat the devil at, at every turn. Okay. I saw that um, one John had a question for me. was one of the specific things that made me pick up the Bible when I was in witchcraft, is what he asked. That's actually a really good question. <laughs> um, okay, it's right here. So, I think because I was raised in the church, I always had this childlike mindset that Jesus is always there. Um, cause I dealt with sleep paralysis on top of, um, jumping into witchcraft and especially when I was trying to get out of witchcraft. So, um, uh, I would just sit there and try to speak in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus leave. And it worked. And sometimes the sleep paralysis would get so bad that I couldn't even open my mouth that it, I would only be able to think it. And then the more and more I thought it, the more and more I was able to have more control over my body to say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And that worked for me. And then when I had those sleep paralysis issues, that's when I started kind of digging in the word a little bit. Not much, but a little bit to see why the things were working. But again, that was when I was in my, uh, before coming into the understanding of Torah and stuff. This is.
Thomas, Thomas, welcome, Thomas. How are you? Fine about you. <clears throat> I said fine. How about good. you? Good, good. Thank you. Good. Uh, yeah, I've never done this before, yeah, so I don't know if you can hear me very well or not. Yeah, I can hear you. How? Uh, you got something on your heart you'd like to share? Or? Well, uh, sitting there when uh, Krista started talking about her testimony, um, it actually coincides with a lot of stuff that that I actually went through. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to try to make it quick. I don't want to draw you out with a bunch of boring details, but uh, I actually grew up in the church, um, uh, Free Will Baptist Church. Uh, my family, we were in the church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If we had revival, guess what? My butt was in church. And uh, even as a kid, I, I started to realize that there were things going on like, you know, when it talks about the Ten Commandments, about how we weren't keeping the Sabbath. And I got brushed off and played off. You know, I, I heard all the the cliches like you talk about, like Save by Faith Alone um, and uh, so on and so forth. Now, I heard the once saved, always saved. And at, at one point, um, once I got to my teenage year, just before my, my preteen years, uh, I started to realize that my family wasn't doing practicing like Krista said. They weren't practicing what the, the scripture said. And and uh, my parents were pretty brutal. Um, I believe it at that. And I started to blame God. And I actually got angry at God and turned away from God. And uh, in those teenage years, you know, things were done to me. And... Um, as I got older and got out of high school, I turned I, to homosexuality. I turned to paganism and um, I did everything and everything I could to deny God, to deny Yahshua. And the funny thing is, is the whole time that I was doing that, I knew that the paganism was just, it was, it was a farce. It wasn't, I actually believed in Yahshua. I just didn't want to believe. And I got into drugs. And uh, it took me until 2017. I'm 44 years old now. It took me over a period of time. You know, I started to gravitate back towards God and what the scripture said. And I started getting into the lukewarm thing again. And he pulled me out of the homosexuality, thank God. And uh, I was still smoking pot, using filthy language, uh, placating the lust of the flesh. And uh, in 2017, I just moved back to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina from North Carolina. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I wasn't actually doing anything wrong at this time. One of the very few times I wasn't doing something wrong, I actually deserved something bad to happen to me. But I got shot. Um, in fact, uh, I had this hoodie on, this hoodie jacket. And there's three holes I show people sometimes. Because if it wasn't for God, I would not be here. There is three holes in the hood of this hoodie. So the only thing that could have happened is the bullets flew around my head or they went through my head. Either way, I got hit in the arm, I got hit in the leg. And I'd love to say that that's what 
immediately after I, I turned to God completely, but I didn't. It took me about another year and a half. And uh, I got into a low point. And because um, even when I had money back in the day, because I sold pot, I sold cocaine, I had money. And most people would consider my life to be a happy life at those points. And um, I realized that I never had been happy. And uh, I felt empty. And I got on my knees in the front yard. And I decided my way didn't work. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little emotional. Uh, and uh, I begged God to forgive me. And to show me the way he wanted me to go. And I started truly trying to seek him. And I started going back to what I'd, I'd originally known was, you know, Baptist doctrine. Started going to Baptist churches. And uh, I'm here to tell you, I had some preachers run me out because I started reading the scripture for myself. And they didn't like the fact that I was telling them what scripture said, you know, that we're supposed to be keeping the Sabbath. You know, if, if you love God, you obey God. And uh, eventually over time, um, I started learning more and more and kind of like the way Pharaoh uh, hardened the heart hardened the heart of God, hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And uh, he did that with some of these pastors. And I thank God he did because I probably wouldn't have never left. And uh, I started studying more in the scripture. And uh, I'm actually at a messianic synagogue now. Um, I actually do security for the synagogue um, with a few others. But uh, the thing is, is I thank God that I found Torah. I thank God that, you know, he gave me the realization and opened my eyes to what's in scripture. You know, um, one of the things you talk about is these Paulians, uh, the uh, antinomians, I think is uh, how you say the word. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, I used to be one of them. And I tried to talk to people all the time. I try to show them. I mean, if they want to say that uh, Paul says this, Paul says that. Paul doesn't say what you say he's saying. Um, and you try to show them in the New Testament that the law is still relevant, especially in First John. And you try to show them, you know, that, uh, you know, even in James, you know, they you hear the people say, you know, faith alone, faith alone, faith alone. Well, First James 2.24 tells you it's not by faith alone. And uh, it just it just befuddles me sometimes how people say they fear God, but yet they don't obey God. And today it's an epidemic where people believe that you can do whatever you want. You can speak however you want. You can fornicate. You can drink what you want. You can eat the unclean thing, which the same people that says the homosexuality is still against God's law, it calls out an abomination. It calls un eating the unclean thing an abomination in Isaiah 66, 17. But it doesn't matter if you show these people the scripture or not. They don't want to hear it. And uh, as far as going out, y'all were talking about evangelizing. I actually went and got a banner about a couple of years ago. And uh, occasionally I need to get back out and doing it more. Um, give out the Bibles, go out with the banner. I'm not one of those 
I haven't been one of those loud street preachers, but, uh, you know, I just taught the people as they come up, but you get a lot of detractors. You get a lot of mockers and scoffers. I just thank God I haven't gotten any of the violent ones yet, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just felt the urge that I need to get on there. Cause it's one of the things that, and I, although I regret doing it, it actually helps me now. Um, when I've been out with the banner, um, I've had people come up and they want to talk about, well, I was born this way. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. You want to know how I know? I know from experience. I used to be you. I used to be a homosexual. You know, you're deceived. You, you've been afflicted by a demon. And all you got to do is ask God. If you truly ask God, I mean, when I got on my knees on that front yard, that day forward, I have not wanted not one hit of marijuana. I, the, the smell of it makes me sick to my stomach. He took the people used to say the F word was my favorite word. I tell you what, he took that out of my mouth that day. I'm not that same person. Now, I still have faults and I'm, I'm still, he's still working on me. I'm still working on myself. Um, and uh, I would like to ask while I'm thinking about it. One of the things I do have problems with is I'm trying to put down the tobacco. I wish he'd make it easy as it was with the marijuana. But uh, uh, before we go or after I go offline, you know, I would appreciate some prayer. Because um, I guess my faith is, is not strong enough on my own. I, I need I need a helping hand. Um, and uh, though I'm going, I think I, you've, y'all know if you remember me or not, but I've actually mentioned, made some comments on some of your previous videos. Uh, I'm the guy that's in South Carolina that goes to a messianic uh, congregation, but yet there's a lot of rampant immodesty going on here and amongst other things. And uh, I've tried talking to people about it, but nobody wants to seem to say anything or do anything about it. And, I'm actually looking for another place. You actually told me to run. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm looking for another place actively. The only reason I'm coming here is, you know, to keep his uh, hallowed day as a convocation. If it wasn't, and there's nowhere else, there's nowhere else to go. Um, I mean, I won't go to a Seventh-day Adventist church because they follow a false prophet, you know, Ellen G. White, but... Um, I'm actually looking at, at possibly leaving town and uh, and moving just so I can find, which I actually know of three different places I can go, but I actually have to move. And uh, that being said, I mean, if there's any questions you have for me or feel, please feel free to ask. Chris, uh, I'd like to give you a, uh... First, uh, do you have anything to say to Thomas? I I love your testimony. Pray, like all I have, just pray, praise God, praise y'all for bringing you back in, brother. Like, I'm so happy for you. Really, I am. I'm just glad he opened the gate. Yes. I wasn't going to get in any other way. Those who try to enter by any other way than the gate is a thief. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so 
Divine Messenger said on DLive, Divine Messenger says, thankful for your testimony. Uh, Great Deception says, hallelujah. Um, Vinny says, uh, Baruch Hashem, awesome testimony. Uh, Same with the second first, also says, amazing testimony, praise Yah. Um, yeah, Divine Messenger says, sounds like God set you up as a light in the darkness. Christopher's Fellowship is a blessing for all of us in this situation. Thank you very much. And Great Deception says, hallelujah. You know, yeah, I, I want to pray for you, Thomas, while you're, while you're with us here. But um, just, I'm sorry to hear, like you mentioned about some of the, things that you went through as a, as, as a child or as a young, as a teenager. And so sorry to hear what you went, what you went through, Thomas. Um, I think it's awesome that you're out there on the streets with banners. I think that's awesome. Um, we need a lot more people like that. Uh, I've said this before. Um, I think a person out there, on the street with a banner, get, trying to get people to repent, try, at least calling people to repent. That kind of person is way more of a prophet than a thousand pastors. That person is way more of a prophet than a thousand pastors today. Uh, you mentioned that uh, God took your, cleaned your, language up and that it reminds me of isaiah (laughs) reminds me of isaiah chapter six right the angel comes with the coal and touches your tongue and you know and uh yeah that happened with me as well so uh praise god for that and so uh yeah um so we'll pray um just want to see if there's any more comments here Yeah, okay. So everyone, as I always say, everyone within the sound of my voice, and I think there'll be some people that are listening to this, not necessarily watching, but I think some people put it on and listen to it. So anyone within the sound of my voice, uh, join with us. We'll pray for Thomas. And Thomas, uh, I really appreciate your humility. I really appreciate what God did in your life and what he's doing in your life. Uh, I think it's awesome. Keep pushing through, keep plugging, just keep on plugging away at it. Uh, uh, he will t- take you from glory to glory, from, from, you know, from faith to faith, so to speak, and, and really uh, grow in, in, in the knowledge of the Lord. And uh, just got to keep struggling against the flesh, seeking what you can and uh, all the ways you can to, to please and obey him. If you're not obeying him, you don't love him. And yeah. um, we're never going to be perfect. If you don't mind, um, sorry. Um, something was said earlier about the righteous, and and one of the things that I, I've seen in Scripture is that it says to pray that you were counted as one of the worthy, not that pray that you are one of the worthy to be counted as one of the worthy. Because, like you know, y'all said, yeah, we are saved by grace, um, although we are justified by works. Okay, Thomas, we'll pray for you. And um, again, I appreciate your testimony. Appreciate you, brother. 
Let everyone within the sound of my voice, let's let's agree. So, Father, we come before you, Father. Again, Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you, Father, for uh, what you've done in Thomas's life and how you've brought him through all the things you've brought him through and how you've blessed him and how your grace and your mercy has been upon him. Uh, Father, we we ask you, Father, you would give him strength. You would answer his prayers. You would have mercy upon him, Father. Father, let your great peace be upon him, your shalom be upon Thomas, spirit, spirit soul, and body. Uh, Father, we ask you that you would lead, lead him not into temptation, but deliver him from evil. And so, Father, break that addiction, break that bondage that he was speaking of, uh, the, the tobacco addiction, break it, break it in the name of Yeshua, of Nazareth. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Thomas, um, I a couple things, I'm, you know, just to, couple just a uh, little piece of pieces of advice I know you probably know at least the first one I'm going to say is uh, in struggling with that I, I speak with from experience as well you know a lot of times you have to change your your circumstances right don't go to some of the places you used to go you, you, you normally go to hang around with the people that you usually hang around with even the stores that you're tempted to buy it there you know um, okay. And, and also, number two is to grab it by faith. And when you have a temptation, when you have a temptation, when you have a temptation, stand strong against it and say, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So take it by faith. By faith, declare it as being crucified. That's my advice, Thomas. Appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> okay, so... I am gonna let y'all go. I'm still gonna listen in, but okay. I have to go. It was great me. Um, I don't know what and, else. To say. <laughs> okay, I I appreciate it, Krista. Yeah, um, God, I pray that God uh, really does a lot of. Uh, you know, I know that you're reaching a lot of people on TikTok, and the Lord bless your channel, bless the and. Uh, you know, uh, you take that talent and you multiply. I know you are multiplying it. You are multiplying that talent. So the Lord bless you in, in your work. And thank you for coming on. I mean, your testimony was awesome. And uh, hope to see you, hope to see you again very soon. Thank you. Okay. Shalom. Shalom. Okay, Thomas, uh, you got to go now or you want to hang out for a little bit? I'll hang out for a few. Okay. All right. Um, let's see what we got here. 
So Divine Messenger, I think he's talking to you. Uh, let me see here. Just kind of scroll back in the comments. Dean says, delivered me from drinking. Uh, Jamie says, hi. Hi, Jamie. Welcome. Fearfully Confident says, we're here for you, Thomas. Uh, Erland says, uh, late to come in, but Thomas, I heard a bit, and I think you're stronger in God than you think. Amen. Divine Messenger says, uh, asking you, you will receive. There are many Messianic communities across the nation. Yeah, but I, I do, I do understand, I do hear you, Thomas. That there, it, it is, uh, it is almost, it's almost non-existent. I mean, to really, it's difficult to find, isn't it? Well, I don't necessarily seek a messianic community. I seek because I, I the tradition is okay as long as it doesn't get away in the way of scripture. And some of what I see here does actually get in the way of scripture. Yeah. You know, just like Joshua said, um, by your traditions you make ill effect the word of God. Yeah, amen. Jamie quotes, I think you referred to this earlier, Thomas, uh, let no man deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Uh, second verse says, Amen. Jamie says, Happy Sabbath from North Idaho. Byron agrees with the prayer. Amen. Dean says, Shabbat Shalom, brother. Fearfully Confident uh, advises 119 Ministries. Divine Messenger on DLive says, Thomas knows the word and the name, and that is huge. So what's that? 1 John 2.26? Yeah, I'm aware of that 1 John. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's about. Is that Catholicism or something? Uh, Canadian. Yeah. It's absolutely. Uh, yeah. What can I say about that? Well, I can tell you for a fact, people aren't born that way. Actually, you'd be surprised how quiet people get when I tell them that you know that you're wrong about that because i used to be one of you <laughs> they'd have no argument after that that's why i said I, I i i do regret what i did and where i was but uh just like uh when joseph brothers 
figured out who he really was. He said, what you meant for evil, God used for good. Now I'm paraphrasing, of course, but. Yeah. Taste of Torah on TikTok says Shabbat Shalom. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Um, hey, I know this is kind of off the cuff, uh, not to uh, spare the moment literally, but uh, I'm not sure how many of you, uh, I got actually a fair amount of people listening on different platforms other than TikTok right now. I'm, I'm, I'm live streaming on TikTok and on several other platforms. Um, and so um, Taste of Torah is a brother, Messianic brother, um, a Jewish brother on TikTok. That's a lot of good content on there. Uh, brother, I know that I know you probably, uh, you know, whether you have a few minutes or not, and I know this is off the cuff, maybe you don't have a few minutes, whatever. But um, if you do, I have uh, in the past, what, maybe about an hour or so, we've been having different people just stop by on YouTube and just stop in, say hello. Um, had a couple, actually I have Thomas with me right now. Uh, awesome testimony. And we lit, we just heard from Krista. Krista's on TikTok. She is uh, spreading his love, 444. Uh, she just told a testimony. Um, brother, uh, Taste of Torah, if you want, uh, Itzhak, I think it is, right? Um, if you want to just jump on YouTube, I know, again, I apologize for the last minute thing, but if you want YouTube, even if it's just for like three, four minutes and say hello to everybody and and just say a few a few words. You're welcome to do that. Um, if you want to do that, go over to YouTube to my YouTube channel, and you'll find the link in the description to join as a live guest. Like I said, it doesn't have to be long. If you just want to just jump on and say, "Hey guys, this is who I am. This is you know you can whatever whatever you want to do. You're welcome to do that if you want." Yeah, the Great Deception says, uh, taste and see why HWH is good. One of my favorite verses. That reminds me. That reminds me of a testimony that I heard. Um, there, was this pat, there was this preacher, this evangelist, uh, that, that verse there, uh, taste and see. Um, there was this preacher that was preaching the gospel and there was this um, atheist in the crowd, right? Atheist in the crowd. And so the atheist started heckling the preacher, you know, oh, there's no God, all, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so the preacher called him forward. And it just happened to be that this preacher had a habit of, of, uh, of having an orange, like in, like he, he had an orange that he would, peel and pick away at during his sermons and he had it in the pulpit and so when this atheist comes up uh the, the the preacher takes the orange and gives it to the atheist and says peel it and the atheist is like what are you what are you talking about what's this orange for and why do you want me to peel it and of course the whole crowd is like peel it peel it right and so <laughs> and so and so the atheist is like okay so he starts peeling it and then the and then the, the preacher says, section it. 
And again, he's like, now you're asking too much, right? And again, everybody's going, section it, section it, section it. So he starts sectioning it, right? And then he's, and then the preacher's like, okay, thank you very much. And he's eating the orange. And he ate, he ate the whole orange that the, that the atheist peeled in section. And then he turned to the atheist and he said, now you tell me, was that a sweet orange or a sour orange? And the atheist says, how would I know? I didn't taste it. And he said, and he quoted that verse, taste and see. Taste and see for yourself. You don't know until you taste and see. Okay. Krista says, says Krista says, MTOI is one of my favorite to learn about the Torah. Rabbi Steve is a great teacher. Vita says, thank you so much, sir. Elohim bless you. Good bless you all. Good night. Good night, Vita. Good to see you as always. Blessings multiplied to you. Okay, yes, and, and let me just put this up on the screen for interested. Uh, Krista's TikTok channel is Spread Your Love 444. I'm sorry, didn't I say Spreading His Love earlier? Maybe I was wrong. I apologize if I was wrong. It's spread Your Love 444. Okay. That's where you can find Krista's Krista's content. Oh, okay. I guess I was right. Sorry, wrong. Spread, spread his love. Okay. <laughs> spread his love, 444. Yeah, that's it. Spread his love, 444. Okay. Autocorrect. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, let me just, I'll speak to some, if there's more, if there's any comments that, or anything that you want to ask me specifically, put at Christopher in the comments. Um, Okay, just looking through the comments here. One John says, I agree, you can't twist a person's arm to see the truth. It just turns them off. Uh, I have a close friend that's so worry about the afterlife in the afterlife, if it, if it happens. <laughs> That's uh, not a very good way to look at it, for sure. Um, what I would do is I, I would pray. Well, some people are just, you know, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. But sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. If you give the horse enough, if you, if you salt its, his oats enough, it'll be running you down for water. 
Some are meant to plant the seeds. Some are meant to harvest. That's it too. That's it too. Oh, and uh, Dean and Krista, no, I don't have a TikTok. Uh, I don't do TikTok. Um, you know, you know what, Thomas? Since you're talking about being out there on the street with a banner, it reminds me of um, a lot of people. They say I've seen this actually in a video where people go up to some of these street preachers. And they say, you know, how many people got saved today? How many people came today? They would challenge some of these street preachers like that. It's like, 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 don't you understand that there are people who sow the seed and then there are people who harvest. It's like going to a, it's like going to, um, if, if you're around or if you're familiar with the farm farming communities, it's like going to, uh, a guy who's planting the crop and, and stopping him and saying, excuse me, uh, how much did you harvest today? It's like, he'll look at you like you're crazy. Well, I could tell you from growing my own vegetables uh, on a couple occasions, um, I know a little bit about gardening. And just because you plant a seed doesn't mean it's going to grow. And just because you plant that seed and it does grow does not mean it's going to produce fruit. You know, it depends on the ground. It depends on many factors. But, uh, you know, just like the scripture says, I already mentioned, you know, some plant the seeds, some water the seed, and some harvest the seed. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Going nowhere says, um, Christopher, what does it mean in the book of Genesis? It says that Noah was perfect in his generations. Uh, in what way was he perfect? Actually, it says, it says more than that. It says he was righteous. It says he was righteous both in... Uh, Genesis chapter six and Genesis chapter seven. So now I I think there's a difference. Like in my own my from my own point of view, my own way of looking at it, there is a difference between um, being being righteous or perfect in God's sight versus being righteous or perfect in God in in in, in, uh, in eyes. Um, like, like you, you, you know, Yeshua says, be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. But it doesn't mean to be perfect in the eyes of, of men. Um, being perfect in the eyes of God is different. Like, for example, you, you can, um, you're walking down the street, you can trip. That's not perfect. That's not a perfect walk. Is that a sin? No, it's not. It's, you're not you didn't break a law of God. If you're putting, if you're, if you're writing a comment, you're putting something in the live chat, and you, you misspelt a word, that's not perfect, but that's not a sin either. So that's, you can still be perfect in God's sight, in guy, in God's eyes, and and not be per perfect in man's eyes. Um, so I, Noah did not break any of the, the law of God that applied to him. I think that he was perfect in that way. He was righteous in that way. He he was he was. Uh, he was considered to be righteous and perfect, perhaps not in according to the the eyes of man, but but in the eyes of God, he was. And that goes right along with uh, this comment here. Fearfully confident says, "What does it mean that Job was blameless and upright?" Same thing, blameless meaning without fault. In other words, you cannot you could not point to Job and say, "Hey." You missed it here. You sinned here. You broke this commandment. So you cannot blame him for anything because he did not. He was righteous. 
He was blameless. He was upright. He, the word upright, um, for some reason, I have an I have a inkling that the word upright could also mean righteous. Um, let's take a look at that. Um, Yasar, Yasar. So the word upright is Yashar in the Hebrew, which is translated right or upright, righteous, straight. Um, actually, it's the name of, it's Jasher as well, Yashar. Um, but yeah, so basically that, that uh, Job was pretty much, he was sinless in that aspect. He did have a problem with his pride though, as we read, as we read that uh, he needed to have a little bit of an attitude adjustment. But apart from that, that he was he was all good going nowhere ask the question do you think that God has a purpose for me it absolutely has a purpose for you you would not be here if, if God didn't have a, pur a purpose for you going nowhere says do you think it's okay for Christians to be friends with non-Christians it depends what you mean by friends because you have acquaintances, you have friends, yes, in a way, but not to not to fellowship. You know, this is one thing. Um, they accused Jesus, they accused Yeshua of being a friend of sinners. I, I really don't think he was. I think he was a friend of ex-sinners. I think that the, the Pharisees did not see that because they're like, oh, you, you don't know the woman who, you know, tending to you right now. You don't know what she's like. But really, the, the truth is, they did not know that she repented. She's not like that anymore. She's an ex-sinner. So, and the reason why they accused Jesus of being a friend of sinners is because they knew if, 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 they, could, if they could charge him with that, then, then he, would be, he would be a sinner himself because that would be against the, the word of God. So... So it depends on what you mean by friends. It depends on what you mean by friends. Um, I don't think Jesus hang around with people and did what they, I don't think that he hung around with sinners to do what they did. I think that he said himself, he hung around with sinners to, to heal them of their, there's like a doctor healing someone of their sickness. He, he, he was around sinners to heal people of their sin, so to speak. So yeah, it all depends. And, and what that means and how far you take. Um, you want to say something, Thomas? Yeah, I was just going to let you know. Uh, I was going to go ahead and head out. Um, I'll just watch you on the live chat and just watch <laughs> and watch from there. Uh, other than that, I'll just say, uh, bless the Lord, King Eternal. Amen. Thank you very much, Thomas. Your testimony was uh, was very awesome and uh, encourages a lot of people. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I hope it helps somebody. I know Shalom. It, I know it. Shalom, brother. Thank you for coming on.
going nowhere, asked the question, uh, do you think these two beasts mentioned in the Bible, Behemoth and Leviathan, are literal or symbolic? Very good question. Very good question. Um, I don't know for sure. Uh, I mean, they could be symbolic, but the fact that Leviathan is described in the book of Job as a dragon, and I know it's, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that some people think that it's a crocodile. It's, it's not a crocodile. You read about how it describes it, like a, like a huge creature that breathes smoke and fire kind of thing. Um, and you, you can't, nobody could, could, uh, could kill this creature. Um, it was so strong and powerful, no man could kill it. Um, it certainly is not a crocodile. Um, it, I mean, that kind of, the cheese culture of the dragon kind of, you know, corresponds with Leviathan in the Bible. So, I mean, if, if that, if the Chinese tradition of the dragon is literal in the sense that they believe or they have evidence that a literal dragon actually existed, then that would be Leviathan. Uh, just take a look here. The second first, um, have you heard the rabbit hole that perfect in his generations meant and it wasn't contaminated by fallen angels? Yes, I've heard of that. Okay, we got some questions on TikTok. Marcel asked the question, do you believe in spiritual gifts? I, I do believe the spiritual gifts are in operation today, yes. Not as common as people would like to believe, but I do believe they are, they are in operation.
Rocky James Sellers asked a question. I uh, hope you're still around there, brother, but um, asked a question. Can you touch on your view of the animal sacrifices uh, starting up again during the Messianic Kingdom? Yeah, it's pretty clear that it will be um, animal sacrifices uh, in the Messianic Kingdom. Uh, Isaiah chapter 2 and Micah chapter 4 is quite clear that when Yeshua comes back, he's going to be ruling and reigning from Jerusalem using the Torah. And we have also the last several chapters of the book, the book of Ezekiel that also um, makes it very clear that this, the third temple uh, will be a temple where they do animal sacrifices. Acts chapter 21, uh, we have... James, the the leader of the church. This is, by the way, um, I know you guys know it, but I have to make this point. I have to I have to highlight this. This is the New Testament church. James, the leader of the church, with Peter, and all the elders of the church, asked Paul, which he did comply with. He did actually accept. He actually did. Um, um, agree to it and that is that uh, he asked Paul to take the vow the vow which is the Nazarite vow spoken of in numbers chapter 6 which included animal sacrifices um, so we have evidence that the disciples and the early church the New Testament church the 12 the original disciples actually did continue to do animal sacrifices after the crucifixion resurrection and ascension of Yeshua the reason why they don't do it today, the reason why is the same reason why a lot of Jews do not do animal sacrifices today, and that is because there is no temple. And because there is no temple, you cannot fulfill the law without without the correct um, place or people to do it. Uh, so they don't have, have the correct place, have the place or the people to do it today. So therefore, that part of the law is not um, able to be um, fulfilled. But it will be, uh, according to Bible prophecy, as we were talking about Bible prophecy earlier, I do believe it will be reinstated by the Lord himself. Um, so I think it's looking, doing, you got to realize too that most, by far, most animal sacrifices in the Bible were not sin sacrifices. Most of them were not. Most of them were sacrifices to stock the feasts or to, to feed the poor, to feed the widows, to feed the Levites, all kinds of other reasons, but not animal or not sin sacrifices. Although there were some sin sacrifices. Um, so yeah, I think animal sacrifices will be reinstated. And there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Even if you do it, even if they do animal sacrifices as per Torah in the sin sacrifice, uh, doing the sin sacrifices, it's it's almost like look at it like this. When you when you partake of the Last Supper, you're actually it's actually according to the Synoptic Gospels the Passover meal. And Yeshua said, you know this, you know, this is uh, the this this. Uh, Wine is the blood is my blood, and this bread is my body. Uh, take this in remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. 
So if you can partake of the Passover meal in remembrance of Yeshua, is there, would it be wrong in the Messianic kingdom to partake of the anima, animal sacrifices in remembrance of Yeshua? Question. That's my question. Someone asked a question on TikTok. Do you think Genesis 1 describes God creating from nothing or God creating with existing materials? From nothing. From nothing. So Divine Messenger on DLive asked the question, there's no reason for animal sacrifices as he was supposed to be a, the sacrifice for sin. Uh, the, the Orthodox want to put animal sacrifices back in. So um, there is, see, nominal, mainline, mainstream Christian Christianity uh, has a, they have a problem because and I've 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 been taught this, and I believe this, and I believe I probably even preached this at one point in time. That is that Jesus is the the fulfillment of the sacrifice for sin. Um, no more, no less. And I mean, if there's any more, he wouldn't be the proper. It would be it would be adding to the word. But you're not supposed to do that. If any less, then he wouldn't be a fulfillment of it. Having said that, I have come to realize that Christianity as a whole, um, for the most part, if not everybody, because I don't know of anybody who actually knows the truth about the sin sacrifices, um, they don't know. Pastors. I have never met a pastor who really knows how the sin sacrifice worked in the, in the, um, in the so-called Old Testament. I've never met an evangelist, I've, and I've been around. A lot. I've never met a Christian who's a, who's actually told the truth in regards to what the scriptures teach about sin sacrifice. And that is, uh, well, first of all, sin sacrifice for the most part. I mean, we read, uh, at least according to Leviticus chapter 4 and Leviticus chapter 5, was only for unintentional sin. And that's why Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 makes it very clear. If you sin willfully, there's no sacrifice for sin left. So Hebrews 10, 26 um, is just a, a, a testament summary of Leviticus chapter 4 and Leviticus chapter 5. And this is it right here. Uh, for if we, go on, if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there, is, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So that's a, that's a summary of uh, Leviticus chapter 4, Leviticus chapter 5. That's one thing. That's just one problem that mainstream Christianity has with the whole idea that, that, that uh, Yeshua is the sacrifice for sin. He fulfilled it completely, totally, perfectly. Because that means that if that's the case, 
then Yeshua's sacrifice is only for unintentional sins, not for intentional sins, not for willful sins. That means your willful sins, your intentional sins are not covered by the sacrifice of Yeshua, according to that logic, according to that, okay? And I know that's hard for a lot of people to swallow, but that's just, that's it. It's in, it's right in the Bible. You read that, it's right there. It's, it's right there. It's in the Bible. I'm not telling you anything. It's not in the Bible. Number two is, even if it is for, because some people might argue that it, oh yeah, it is anyway. Okay. But even if it is, it's quite clear in the Bible that sacrifice for sin is not always efficient and does not always work per se. We've read it many, many, many times over, okay? Many, many times over when God says, I am punishing, you know, your sacrifices I'm not accepting because of your sin. Your sacrifices are a stench to me. I'm not accepting it. You know, it says that over and over and over and over and over and over again, many, many times throughout the scriptures. So if you read that and you think for yourself, you think, okay, so if, if Yeshua is the sacrifice for sin and he fulfilled the sin sacrifice completely, no more, no less, and he filled it perfectly, then according to the word of God, there are many instances where he did not accept the sin sacrifice because of someone's sin. So therefore, the sin sacrifice did not cover their sin. Because it covered their sin, then God would not hold their sin against them. God would not reject their sin sacrifice. Yeah. It's the whole idea of paying, like as if the whole idea of Jesus sacrifice paying for your sins. As if like like the the modern Christian narrative that that um, that uh, you owe a debt that you couldn't pay, and so Jesus paid it for you. I'm sorry, but that's just not the truth. I mean, it's not that you owe a debt, even if Jesus didn't, even if you, let me just say this, even if you're not saved, you are paying. <laughs> you are paying a penalty anyway. You are you are suffering consequences, at least in that way. It depends on how you define paying or penalty and all that kind of thing. Uh, it's not that you owe a debt that you couldn't pay. It's just like, you know, you, you know, the soul who sins shall die. It's not like the soul who sins is not able to pay. No, the soul who sins shall die. You follow me? But that's not how the sin sacrifice worked anyway. The sin sacrifice did not work as if it was a debt that was to be paid. Like you owe something and there you can't pay it, so Jesus paid it for you. That's not how it worked at all. That's not how it worked. That's why a lot of Jewish people today, if you to preach, if you preach that kind of thing to them, they're looking at you like, "Yeah, okay, bud, I'm going to go with the word of God." Okay, and it's like. It's like, because a lot of Jewish people, like they, they spend their lives studying the Tanakh, the, the so-called Old Testament. And so um, that's the problem. 
That's the problem. You don't really... Yeshua did not... If, if, Yeshua, if, if Yeshua fulfilled the sin sacrifice, if that's what his death was about, then there's a problem with the modern Christian narrative. Very good question, Divine Messenger. Divine Messenger says that's that does not jive with there's with there not being peace and no more war. Well, I mean, animal sacrifice is, is nothing to do with that with, with peace and war. It's not war um, or peace in peacetime. In peacetime, there are a lot of animals that are slaughtered for food. There are a lot of animals that are slaughtered for food. Some people ask me, where did you do your did you uh, you know where are your animal sacrifices? And because people ask divine messenger, I'm not talking to you because you, you didn't ask me that question, but other people have asked me that question. And I snap back with the same kind of reply. I'm like, well, they're in my fridge, okay? They're in my fridge. Um, you know, you go to the store, you buy. You buy your chicken, you buy your whatever, you buy your, you know, that's what I mean by that. In case some of you don't know what I mean by that. Um, so, first of all, I mean, the whole idea of death was God's idea anyway. Okay, it was God's idea anyway. And so, this kind of goes back to the whole idea of whether or not there was death in the Garden of Eden. I believe there was. Uh, I believe where it says that Adam, when you the day you eat of this fruit, you will die. I believe that's talking mainly about spiritual death, because it depends on how you look at it, right? There's it's it's absolutely impossible to have a garden without without death of something. You know, people who have said that they have went to heaven, explained, you know, the flowers and the grass, just like this living. And I've heard many testimonies of people say they went to heaven and they say that even the flowers are singing, the grass is singing, the trees are singing, everything is just, you know, so the plants are alive. And so on, on earth, plants are alive too. It is life. So plants cannot exist without death. It just can't. You have to have some kind of death from some kind of organism in order to sustain life. That's just the way God made it. That's the way it was, I believe, from the beginning. I don't believe that Adam and Eve ate from a garden that never had organic dead material in it at all. That just wouldn't be earth. It just would not be earth. Unless you believe that they that the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden was in heaven. And then later on, they came to earth. If that's what you believe, then perhaps you could say that. But uh, if you believe the Garden of, Garden of Eden was on earth, it's just impossible for any earthly thing to exist without death.
Divine messenger says that's disgusting. God declares he wants obedience and not sacrifices. And you, re- you need to realize he said that in the exact same quote-unquote age as when God actually commanded sacrifices. Okay? So you need to understand how that applies. Okay? In the, in, in the context of Saul, who... Um, he said he thought that he sacrificed, you know, he didn't obey God, right? He didn't obey God. So, um, he and he used sacrifices as an, as a, as an excuse not to obey God. So Samuel comes back and says, no, 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 no. Uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. Okay. Because the sacrifice that Saul was referring to in that particular but you're, you're quoting there, sacrifice. That sacrifice was disobedience to God's word. Okay? It's not talking about the sacrifices that were obedience to God's word. Because what, 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 what Saul did was disobedience to God's word. But what the priests do are obedience to God's word. And what Samuel did many times when he did sacrifices were obedience. You understand there's a big difference. There's a distinction between the sacrifices that God said not to do versus the sacrifices that God commanded people to do. Seems like a uh, yeah, divine messenger. It seems like is the, it's a little bit tough to swallow that uh, there were sacrifices in the New Testament. It's it's a fact. It's a fact. Um, let me just say this. Okay, so like your question is, how do you know that part of the New Testament hasn't been tampered with? Well, if anything, it would be tampered with uh, by the the anti. It it wouldn't be tampered with by the you know Jews who wanted to make it look more Jewish. It would be tampered. It's always the the, the other way. Uh, KJV was full of yeah, called, interjected in paganism yeah, and all that kind of stuff um, I would say this um, even if it wasn't there even if it wasn't there clearly there's, I mean there's many different um, pieces of evidence that we have that would, that would lead us to believe that they were performing sacrifice not that it I mean Acts chapter 21 is very clear that they did, that that's what they were about. That's what they were doing. Um, but the, also it says that they went to the temple daily. Now, what temple for? The temple was only there for the sacrifices. They didn't go there for coffee. They didn't go there just to hang out and, you know, smooch, okay? They didn't do that. The temple was there for a purpose. Why would they be going to the temple all the time? wasn't there to hang out and to socialize, okay? It was, it was there. It's like saying that you go to, like I go to a restaurant daily, but I never eat there. I never eat at a restaurant. I never, I never partake of anything from the restaurant. Um, anybody who goes to the restaurant all the time, every day, it's, it's assumed that you are eating there.
the great deception says, I do pa- I do parallel the best I can like the book of Tobit. Oh man, sounds awesome. And Lord willing, we will do something like that next month, right? Lord willing, we will do something like that live. Lord willing, we'll do something like that live. Yeah, divine messenger. I know it's tough to swallow, but it's true. It's absolutely it's absolutely the truth. Okay, I mean you you can I, I I encourage you to do what we were talking about earlier. Is just to step back and don't try to uh, just step back and reassess, reassess. Uh, okay, so you're you're talking about Egypt now that you're making a point here that God didn't want the sacrifices, all that kind of thing. The sacrificial system, when it comes to animal sacrifices, far predated uh, Egypt. Okay, we go all the way back to the days of Adam and Eve, and God accepted and loved Abel's sacrifice as well as Job's and Abraham's and Noah's and all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a, I know. I know uh, it's it's tough to swallow again. Uh so all this um all these arguments and I appreciate your arguments. You fed them fish not meat. Um again, in context, if you know the context of it, the people like Yeshua who who ate meat all the time, I think that another that's another good piece of evidence that he was a Nazarite, that he took the Nazarite vow, because the Nazarite vow would allow fish, okay? It would allow fish, not stuff like lamb or chicken or anything like that. So yeah, there, there were a lot of people who did eat fish, not meat. That's because of the Nazarite vow, not because it wasn't God's will to do the sacrifices. In fact, it was God's, God who's the one who, who it was his idea to begin with, right from the very beginning. Brian, uh, what do you think of uh, what do you think a Christian's diet consists of? I heard raw meat is part of it, or supposed to be. Um, raw meat? No. Uh, so it depends. Uh, if you are, if you're a Nazarite, okay. If you take the Nazarite vow, if you're under the Nazarite vow, no meat whatsoever, except for fish. Um, but if you are not a Nazarite, which a lot of people, it's just optional. Okay. 
Uh, I mean, if you're not Samson, if you're not John the Baptist or, you know, Samuel, it's optional. Um, and so that said, if you do not opt into the Nazarite vow, then meat is allowed. Um, just clean meat as per Leviticus chapter 11 and Deuteronomy chapter 14. Uh, if you read those chapters, it's it's pretty clear what's what's allowed and what's not allowed uh, in the in the diet that God wants you to eat. So again, I, I get it. I'm not, I'm I can't respond to all these because I, I hear you. But again, I really encourage you to step out of it and look back and step back and reassess. So you're saying we're not, we're living in a death called the an, uh, a messianic age will be will be a time of life, not death. Okay, that sounds okay. I mean, that sounds great, but it's not in accordance with the Word of God because again. The word of God, the Torah being eternal, and when Yeshua comes back now uh, as well, uh, the Torah is in effect. But when Yeshua comes back and sets up, like in the third temple is, is established, and all that kind of thing happens, why would the, why would God want the third temple to be built anyway if there was not for sacrifices? That's what it's all about, right? Um, so again. If Yeshua came back and there was a third temple, as the Bible says there will be, then everything would be in place to fulfill the Torah as it was back in the days of Moses. Everything would be in place. And we know that the, the, the commandments are eternal. Okay, Never once did it say it's temporary. It's eternal. And so, like it or not, that's what it is. That's what it says. See now again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go on much more because you know it, it, when you when you deny everything, like I said to you before, uh, last night we talked about this. You can you can reconcile anything. You can deny anything. I don't think there's this there there is no such thing as undeniable. You can deny anything that's presented to you. Somebody can say to you, you're watching Christopher Enoch right now. You can deny it. No, that's not Christopher Enoch. You can deny it, right? You can deny everything. And so at the same time, like you can deny. It's there's the, How many times? More than you can. I, I don't even know how. I haven't counted, but there's a lot of times when God lit, commanded. But the uh, divine messenger says, God didn't command sacrifices per se. <laughs> Where's that? Uh, uh, where do I start? Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, 
all the way through the dock. Um, what, what, let me say. Maybe I shouldn't say all the way through the Tanakh because some some books like Esther or something like that doesn't say a whole lot about it. But it, I mean, it's obvious that there's very there's it's it's commanded. It's commanded so much that Christians use that as the foundation of their uh, idea of you know of of salvation. <laughs> when's the last time you saw an original manuscript of any book in the new testament why would i need to see it we're talking about the eternal word of god we're talking about living the way the 12 disciples lived okay they didn't have a new testament you don't really need a new testament like that I, why would i need to see an original manuscript i mean yeah you live like they did in the in the in the book of acts it's very 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 simple and clear you live like the 12 disciples did in the book of acts they didn't have a new testament why would you need it for those who don't know on youtube it's like a plethora of comments from divine messenger and i understand divine messenger it's hard to swallow but um and i i appreciate the fact that you've studied your entire life yes i i appreciate that but uh again um, and my messenger says raw meat is against the Noahide laws. Yeah. I, I, I would say, yeah, I, I could agree with that. You say if you're buying meat from a store, it ain't clean. Okay, um, when I say store, I'm talking about kosher store, okay? And and so I'm not sure if that's what you have in mind or not, or, you know, a, a certified kosher um, butcher shop. <laughs> oh my oh my okay So Dane Sparta on TikTok says no pork. Amen to that.
Great Deception says uh, they prepared for the Passover with Yeshua. Then they took a vow not to drink wine again until he did with us in the kingdom. Yes, I think that that's um, another piece of evidence that Yeshua was under the Nazarite vow. We got. I think there's uh, several different things. Number one is he, he ate fish, no meat. Uh, he his uh, historical, historically speaking, uh, historical documents and um, accounts of Yeshua that we have about his appearance that he had long hair, which is another sign that he was a Nazarite. Uh, James, one of the closest of his disciples, Corsabus uh, was under the Nazarite vow, and he didn't eat meat. Um, and he had he let his hair grow long, and I did all that kind of stuff for you know in, under the Nazarite. Um, Yeshua said that he doesn't drink; he, he refused to drink the wine at the Last Supper. That's another uh, clue. Um, I think we have several different clues that seem to suggest at least that he was a Nazarite. Psalm 94 says, I'm eating kosher, kosher chicken right now. Delicious. Que uh, question that says buffering. Is buffering, is it? Great Deception says, not here. But Psalm 94 says, yeah, it is buffering. Hmm. wonder why. Yeah, I do. I do believe that the Garden of Eden, I do believe that God set a system up that on earth where death, you have, you can't live without death. Even if you ate, even if the Garden of Eden was a literal garden, you eat of the Garden of Eden, you are eating that which is alive, which you are killing it. You are eating Alive, plants that are alive. You are killing something that is organically alive, that has life in it. You are making it, you are making it die. And that before the quote unquote fall of man. Jeff says, working for me, working for me, working great for me here. Oh, that's good to hear. Michael Bradley, welcome brother, on TikTok says um, there will be sacrifices during the millennial reign, though. Yes, absolutely. I think that's very clear that there will be. Absolutely.
<laughs> okay. Okay, guys. I'm going to wrap it up now. We're, we were on for well, nearly four hours. Nearly four hours we were on for. So tomorrow, early afternoon, it depends. On, I know we have people from all over the world listening right now, watching right now. But uh, from where, where I am located anyway, in the uh, eastern time zone. Okay, so uh, tomorrow being Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Eastern, um, there I will be on with uh, another guest, uh, and uh, her name is Courtney. She's from TikTok. She's got a TikTok and a YouTube channel called Biblical Apologetics. And uh, on my debate, on my video that I challenged people to a debate, he she responded and she said she'd like to... She'd like to talk to me about, she'd like to debate me about some things. Um, and so, I, you know, be it a debate or a discussion, we're going to do it tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern. And so, uh, we're probably going to talk about uh, a few different things. Uh, one, one of those things being, of course, uh, Paul. Who is he? Where does he fit in the mix? What's he all about? Was he pro-Torah, anti-Torah? Or somewhere in between, we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. Plus, answering your questions and your comments, and uh, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. Courtney tomorrow, 1 p.m. And Lord willing, Lord willing, tomorrow evening as well, 7 p.m. regular time. We're gonna pick up with um, where we left off for First uh, Samuel, First Samuel, chapter eight. And read through First um, Samuel, so it's going to be something I'm looking forward to. Okay, so um, the Great Deception says thank you very much. Uh, Jeff says um, some people probably don't know that four 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 in Hebrew means God at work through His covenant people. Hence Krista's TikTok account name. Thank you for pointing that out, Jeff. Awesome. Great Deception says, uh, much love to you all. Much love to you, brother. Blessings multiplied to you. Thank you for your fellowship. All you guys, thank you for your fellowship and your questions, your comments. You guys are awesome. I appreciate every one of you. The second verse says, thank you for everyone in the chat. Enjoyed it. Shalom to all. Shalom to you. One John says, thank you. The time went fast. Shalom. Yes, it did go fast, didn't it? And Michael on TikTok says, Shalom, Shalom. Going Nowhere says, Glad I was able to catch you before I went to sleep. Thanks, Christopher. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. As I say, you guys are awesome. You guys are world changers. Keep uh, pressing into the Lord. Mark says, awesome live stream. I enjoyed it. Shalom. Shalom, brother. And Psalm 94 says, awesome day. Thank you and blessings. Thank you very much. Blessings multiplied back to you as well. Okay, guys. That was 
quite a day. I wasn't sure what to expect, seeing that I challenged a lot of people to to a live face-to-face face-off, but nobody actually took up took it up. Only uh, we have uh, Krista and uh, Thomas that came on and shared their testimonies, which was awesome. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed that for sure. Isn't it strange that a lot of these people that are fight so hard against you know what we talk about here uh, do not they can't come on and, and and talk about it they can't really come on live. Jeff says, "Shalom and awesome fellowship today. Love the testimonies of Kristen Tom. Yes, absolutely awesome. Okay." So I'll see you guys tomorrow, Lord willing, 1 p.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, guys, as always, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you. He give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. See you tomorrow.